welcome to number 96. Yes, almost there, almost to 100. Let's get it going. Let the good times roll. This episode of the Scoped Podcast, once again, brought to you by Scofflaw Brewing Company. Man, I love me and my Scofflaw family. They're just such good people. They are expanding like crazy. I mean, they are they are far beyond the reach of Atlanta now, doing great things. And I love the way they give back. So they have their third annual Fuck Cancer event happening at the brewery on February 22nd. That's just days away. Make sure you are there. It's a really cool event. Proceeds from every F Cancer beer you buy going to go to fight cancer. And they do that with a lot of other stuff. They're always giving back. They have their F Arthritis event, and I believe another one. But, I mean, just good people. They make some delicious beer. They just put out that Juicy Joe IPA, and it is tasty. So get over there and have you one of those. Got some basketball going on. Baseball is going to start up pretty soon. So get over to the brewery. They'll have Oysters Company, I think, February 29th at the brewery right there. So, you know, get you a few oysters along with some cold beers. And thank you to Scofflaw once again for sponsoring this podcast. All right, this episode was awesome. Such a good dude. I had Days to Come, a hard rock band out of Albany, Georgia, that comes up here and plays in Atlanta, and they always rock it out. And joining me in studio was Justin Goodson, the vocalist for the band. I think he also plays some guitar, too. I think that's what the Facebook page says. I know he's a vocalist, and he's amazing. He's crazy awesome. What a dude. What an episode. We talk our shared love of ice baths and cold showers, the binge culture, oversaturation of the rock and roll genre right now, the internet musician. I mean, it just goes everywhere. Full description of what we talk about will be below here when you look and see what we talked about. Uh, It's just awesome. Great episode. Really hope you enjoy it. We could have talked for four plus hours. That's how much me and this guy connected. And he's my bro. Justin is my bro now. All the way through and through. And get ready to peep that new track from Days to Come. It's called Ashes. You're about to hear it in just like less than a minute. All right. Number 96 of the Scope to Podcast featuring Justin Goodson of Days to Come starts now. Step into my world. I'm psyched. Let's go. Now you're turning into the Scope Podcast.
Uh, let's crack open a couple uh, hooligans. Let's go. We're already going, by the way. So. Oh, well, fantastic. Uh, have you ever had a scofflaw? I have not. Oh, man. Sponsors of the Scoat Podcast. There you go, brother. Sir. I'm breaking my rule. I usually don't drink on the podcast anymore. Is this Just, the first time you've done that? No, no, no. I used to do it a lot. Oh. But uh, I did. So I did a three month sober thing. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. How did that go? Oh, my gosh. It was the greatest thing I think I've ever done. Because I, I remember, I remember seeing you post, and you were talking about just what a positive experience it was, and how much reflection you had, and how much yeah. you loved that whole thing. There was no negatives about it. Like I, I mean, and people that listen are probably tired of me talking yeah. about my sobriety, but it really, like, the social aspect was the only awkward thing at yeah. first. Like you, you know, somebody goes, "Hey, man, here's a beer," and I go, oh, "Sorry, man, I'm not drinking." Yeah. But I've, I grew to love non-alcoholic beers, like Heineken yeah. 0.0. Oh yeah, yeah. Tastes yeah. just like a Heineken. But um, absolutely no alcohol. So I'm thinking of going back and doing it a little while. Um, I, my life is heavily centered around alcohol. You know, working <laughs> for a rock station, having a podcast that's sponsored by a brewery. And yeah. So I don't know. I just, I really loved the benefits of not drinking. For why, um, why did you decide to take that hiatus? Oh, I'm, I, had, um, I had a buddy that did it for a long time and... I just got to thinking, I started reading about, not people, I, I had to read the specific, not the f- alcoholics that needed to get sober. I just, I read stories online about people that, you know, casual drinkers or regular, you know, they go out socially and drink, but they were like, screw it. I just want to take a break for a while and see what it's like. Yeah. And it was incredible. I mean, I just. Well, it's good. Ah. I, I, and I'm definitely like big on moderation. So, you know, seasons of feasting, seasons of fasting, yeah. you know, and I think that just ends up making you healthier long-term. You know, so it kind of gives your body a break so it can recharge, you know, rejuvenate, heal. Um, and then whenever you come back to it, you're like, I really like this. Yeah. Whatever it was, because you've missed it, you know. Um, yeah. Moderation. I mean, and th- th- I think that's the thing. All of society, it gets lost. It's the easiest thing to do or it's the hardest thing to do. Easiest thing to say. That's very good. Oh, yeah. yeah. The hooligan. Yeah. I have not had that one before. Yeah. Moderation. Everything in moderation. No. And yeah. I mean, our society definitely just does not preach moderation at all. Mm. You know, um, we, uh, we live in a binge culture, which is not moderation. You know, it's just like go out and as deep as you can, you know, we're, we're surrounded by, we're inundated with it by commercials or advertising, like beer, beers everywhere, you know, or, um, I I kept seeing this commercial on TV. It was for fruit loops Mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, fruit loops everywhere. And it says part of a complete balanced breakfast. I think looking, there's the glass of milk and the orange slices next to it. And like, you so they're making, trying to make a sugary thing look sexy. And then I'm seeing all these advertisements on billboards, you know, divorce for divorce. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's putting that in your mind and oh yeah, it's, we're, we're completely surrounded by it. How old are you, by the way? 29. 29. Yeah. Yeah. 29. I'm, I'm 30. Nice. So we grew up around the same <laughs> time where we remember, uh, the time before cell phones before, mm-hmm. like we were just like, I remember like when going outside playing as a kid, <laughs> you know? And, and like, I remember I grew up in North Georgia and, you know, go get lost in the woods for a few hours. And mom says, hey, just come back by yeah. dinner or come back by the time it's dark. Yep. And, you know, we didn't think of doing anything that wasn't expected. Like, yeah, we get in a little trouble here and there. But she told me to be back by dinner. I was gonna, usually yeah. going to be back by dinner. I just wanted to go out and play. Yep. And now most people wouldn't even think of letting their kids go anywhere outside by themselves. Yeah, it's it's a crazy world we live in. Um, and I think the older the older I'm getting, the more I'm kind of thinking about that. Because, I mean, I'm married and I have... A three-year-old, little, he's three now. His birthday was in January. And uh, 
just the older he's getting, the more I'm kind of seeing the way my childhood was, or like a kid of the 90s, and how different it is now. And it's not bad, you know, it just, it is different. Um, and the whole, just the age of information that we live in, and the perceived, like, dangers, you know? And I don't know if, like, before we didn't know that it existed, or if maybe it didn't to that same degree. Because, yeah, you wouldn't think anything, like, yo, go out and play. Yeah. Come back at dinner time, where now, you never would do that. You know, it's like stay in the, stay in the fence, you know, yeah. don't talk to anybody. And if somebody comes, you run back inside real quick. Like it's just a different world. You know? yeah, the internet's so. made us scared. Like, you yeah. know, I, like I said, I think it existed during that time. It just, we didn't have the internet and, you know, we didn't know what the world's so small now. Yep. yep. Like, you know, everything that's going on over, over the seas or in different countries, Whereas when we were kids, it's like, oh, that's magical. What is what is Australia like? What yeah. is you know Italy like? And now yeah. it's like, oh, that's what's going on. I can watch it on Google Maps and you know literally see it. Yeah, it it is crazy. I mean, because we live in this age of information, which is wonderful. Like, because we know we can talk to somebody from Russia right now, where years ago you couldn't Facetime like that didn't even exist, you know. Um, but yeah, with that, it's just like we're overly cautious and we're afraid more. And there's a lot of like obviously there's a lot of negativity out there. Um, because we see wars and famines and kidnappings and all kinds of things. And obviously that stuff's always been around, but it's just like 24 seven now on the news, you know, it's just like always there. And, uh, if you have a personality that I guess really enjoys knowing information like that all the time, it's hard to unplug yourself from that and not think the world is so dangerous, you know, and it is, but the world's really good too. Like there's a lot of really wonderful, beautiful things that you kind of miss out on if you're constantly in a fearful survival type of mode, you know? You're my, really my smart. My parents watch the news a lot and I drop yeah. my, I drop my kid off uh, every morning and they're always like, you know, watching the news and I'm like, guys, every day, come on. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so how much did your life change when, or like what's your mentality of responsibility before you had a kid versus now? I mean, I'm definitely, I would say I'm more responsible. <laughs> My wife would probably, you know, not necessarily agree with that. But um, I love being a dad. Oh my gosh. I just, he, he's perfect, you know, in, in his own way. And uh, he challenges me to be better. Like, it, I guess becoming a parent made me like more aware of kind of what I'm doing and how it could be perceived, which I've always been a little aware of that, but just more so now, like anything I say and anything I do, I know that in 10, 15 years, if it's recorded or if people heard about it, they could potentially tell him. And that's like, what kind of man do I want him to be growing up? You know, what kind of influences do I want him to have? And I would like to be a good influence on him. Um, so it's definitely made me better as a person. You know, yeah, because he's going to grow up and he's going to hear all the stuff you, you're doing now or see all the posts you've done or, you know, that's the thing about the internet. Everything lives there forever. Oh, yeah. And it's like, whatever I do, I know that he's going to do in excess you know, in some way, because I did it. And obviously it was a good thing because dad did it. Therefore I can do it more, you know, yeah. kind of like my dad. He had like, I think maybe three or four tattoos growing up. I saw that it was a good thing. I have a sleeve. So it's like yeah. my kid probably will have two sleeves, you know, like <laughs> it just keeps going. Dude, I want a tattoo so bad. I just can't find something I want enough. You, like, you don't have one? No, no. You just got to pick something. Like obviously uh, it's there forever and everybody's yeah. like, oh, don't do it because it's there forever. But it's like, if you love something enough and like, you know, it, and I hear the first one's the hardest, like to think oh, about yeah. it. And then after that, you're just kind of, you know, it's easier to. The, the first one I got, I think I got it when I was 21. And it's the um, the white tree of Gondor from the Lord of the Rings, like the flag. And uh, it's just on my back, probably like maybe nine inches. 
Um, I got that because I love Lord of the Rings and mm. that kind of world of stuff. And, uh, yeah, after that, it was super easy. Like I mapped out my whole sleeve, you know, took three years to get it all done. And, uh, yeah, just get something that is personal to you, something that you really like, whether it's a hobby or, you know, a loved one, just something mm. that really means something to you. Not some generic, like I went to the beach, I got a starfish. You know, but... <laughs> I got a dolphin on my <laughs> oh, ankle. Oh man, you'll regret that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought about getting, um, the tagline of my radio show on my forearm, yeah. cause trouble and have fun doing it. I mean, that, and that's like a super personal thing that it doesn't matter if anybody else likes it or gets it. That's you, you know, yeah. and you can look down there and go, whether you are doing that now or in the past, it's something that you can look on and say, that was a really good season. I really love that, you know? Yeah. My girlfriend, she has, I think, four or five. And my mom, who's super religious, uh, you know, totally hates me sometimes being on a rock station. She's like, why couldn't you go work for the fish, the Christian rock station? But she's great, though. She's a huge, she was the personal secretary for the Almond Brothers in the 70s. Oh, that's awesome. For the Almond Brothers and Marshall Tucker Band. I bet she has some stories. Yeah, at Capricorn that. Records. Yeah. So I'm like, Mom, don't try acting like you're all like, you know, Miss Goody Two Shoe now. Yeah, you're just, you're just doing the family business, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> And uh, one, one thing I wanted to go back to when we were talking about, you know, the internet and just how crazy everything is, like back in the day where you didn't know everything bad that was going on in the world, it was also good for music when it wasn't just oversaturated as it is right now. Like you yes. had your, that's why, you know, you knew about the big bands more than all the, you couldn't just go find some local band and, you know, Wisconsin, you know, discover them from few states over you had to be in that town so it was only really when bands got big that you heard about them now you're hearing anybody that some rich kid in mom's basement that you know wanted to start a band records an album on an iphone puts it out you know two days later yeah no and i'm incredibly passionate about this um i love it let's get into uh, it we're, we're, we, we could we could go for two hours <laughs> on just this it's like i you know i think i think right now we live in the golden age for the independent artists because <clears throat> we have opportunities now that 20, 30 years ago, they did not exist. You know, there were certain avenues that you had to go down in order to release music and build a fan base where because of the internet, those walls have just been demolished. And just like you said, some kid in his basement can record something on his iPhone and upload it to Spotify within 24 hours and connect with somebody in Australia, you know, Japan. That could never have happened 20 years ago. So because of that, it's like, that's really great. We got a lot of opportunity to connect and actually build a fan base, bring value to people and, um, you know, release art that maybe is a little bit outside of the mainstream, you know, uh, pop rules, um, for contemporary commercialized type stuff. But because of that, everybody and their mom is an artist mm -hmm. and can do it, you know? And it's like, whether you like it or not, you know, the way modern music is, is most of it's created on computers. That's just, that's just the way it is. Um, and uh, yeah, just there's so many people now that are doing music in that way and releasing it. And I don't really care for it. You no, know, I it, mean, it doesn't seem very genuine. It doesn't seem very honest. It doesn't seem like they're trying to bring value to other people's lives there. It seems to me like they're just trying to make themselves, you know, a superstar or something like it's very me focused, this new type of music. And, uh, that I'm just, I'm not about that at all. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, I have abilities as a, as a songwriter and a creator. Um, and, uh, I'm not, I'm playing the wrong genre to be incredibly popular, you no. know, because it's, it's, I'm not playing Taylor Swift. That's, no. that's not what we're doing. 
and rock music is not the number one thing right now currently. Um, and, uh, but I'm not doing it for that reason. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a creator because I, I, I want to reach people. You know, I want to have relationships and have music be the medium to where we can actually connect and bring value and improve people's lives, you know? And I just don't see a lot of modern artists, keyboard warrior type people doing that. Well, it, it, I, I totally agree that it's great that creators today, musicians have that outlet where they can put their song on YouTube. They can record an acoustic cover of something and just throw it up. But, you know, content is heavy and they have that creative outlet. But sometimes because of the oversaturation, the good stuff sometimes gets buried. Oh, yeah. And it's like how many thousands of songs released on Spotify every day? It's I don't remember the exact metric, but it is just a crap ton, like 500,000 or something. Like it's so many songs that your song is going to get lost in the shuffle. And like you said, it is such a shame that rock is rock, metal, hard rock, whatever you want to say, is not the popular genre right now. It's, yep. I mean, you look at the Grammys and the award show, the the metal uh, metal and rock categories are done before the live TV yeah. starts. Yeah, which is just a huge snub. Like they, they're not even hiding the fact that they don't care about it, you know? Um, and it's such a big diss to all the fans that are like that genre, you know? It's like they can't even watch the show because none of their artists that they like, there's not even going to be any rock music mentioned, you know? And when you say Imagine Dragons is the has the top <laughs> rock song of the fucking yep. year, like, that's just saying everything you need to about where the rock genre is yep. today. It's like any anytime somebody wants to say rock is dead, I want to tell them, well, look at 21 Pilots. Look at Imagine Dragons because they're holding the rock banner high, <laughs> you know, because, yeah, that's like in modern mainstream music. Those are the rock champions. It's like, wh where are we going? Like, how, that doesn't even sound close to it, you know? Um, like yeah. Tool came out with A Fear Inoculum, which was just a great record. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, was. it was a great rock record. And it just got buried by Imagine Dragons yeah. and whatever shit they just put out. I mean, you know. Imagine Dragons is fine. We play it on the station, yeah. and uh, but it's just there's just so much better, better. Nice. That was nice. <laughs> Fucking shitty equipment in a shitty studio. I can't even. I'm, I'm just kidding. If our engineers are listening to this, it's perfect. It's the greatest studio of all time. I mean, it's just. I mean, everything is just hands down the best it could be. Man, I do love doing a podcast and a, you know, having this because you know a lot of podcasters. They have mobile stuff, and, you know, audio's not always the best. I mean, I have no diss on anybody that, you know, does that. It's great. I would love to have mobile podcast equipment, but, you know, I like having the— No, and this is nice, like having a dedicated space, yeah. you know, just for this um, with all the equipment here. And, yeah, this is really nice. I just—I I can't believe we're getting near—like I said, you're 96. And I've, I've taken way too many breaks, and I should have from time to time. I get burnt out from time to time, I'm you sure. know, you know, because doing my job and then this on the weekends— it, it gets a little much, but you know, I just there's nothing I've I've like considered an honor more in my professional career than starting this podcast and you know giving a a voice to bands that you know it's just no one really and I don't how do I say this without I mean in honesty local music is not it's not people don't care about it as much as they used to nobody cares nobody cares nobody <laughs> nobody cares until they care right that's it you know and it's like um. You know, as an independent artist, which I'd rather say independent than local, because mm -hmm. for, for whatever reason, as soon as it's yeah, like, I didn't mean to say local. No, 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 no. I'm not not saying you. It's just like I've had conversations before in the past. Like it just seems as soon as somebody says local, it instantly in some people's minds, I could see how it's 
lesser mm. because for whatever reason, you're not outside of a local thing, which means you're still maybe in a garage. You're not good enough or have enough resources to go beyond the local area. Um, so that's why I prefer just independent, you know, yeah. it's the same thing. Um, but independent means like we're making a choice at being independent instead of it being forced upon us because of a lack of resources right. or whatever. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's like people don't care until they care. And something kind of happened over the past maybe year and a half because we've been a band since 2014. Um, so a while we've made tons of bad mistakes. You know, you just, cause you just have to learn like what to do as a band and you're looking at, you know, artists 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago and you go, okay, well it works for them. Let's just kind of try that. But those rules don't really apply anymore to what, you know, the modern 2019, 2020 artist is supposed to do. Um, so you make a lot of bad mistakes and we went down lots of dead end roads that didn't lead to anything. We got good experience from it, but you know, that's kind of all we got from it in the end. Um, yeah, over this past year, we've really started to focus on like, who are we? You know, what are we about? Why do we matter? Because if we can't answer that, then how can we sell that to potentially somebody else? You know, how are they going to know what we're about if we don't even know what we're about? And um, so we've really started to answer those questions. And I have seen actual growth this past year, more than the past four years, because instead of just being a quote unquote rock band and, you know, trying to do what rock bands do, it's like, well, but what are we? You know, who is our audience? Because it's not everybody. We're not going to make everybody happy. And if you try to make everybody happy, you're just going to end up making yourself sad. So instead of focusing on all 10 people in the room, just focus on the people that are paying attention to you, you know, and invest 100% into those people. And uh, since we started to kind of do that, we've noticed those people are actually investing back in us because mm -hmm. they care, you know, give them a reason to care and then they start to care. Um, but yeah, it's re it is really sad, you know, as a independent artist where most people just turn a blind eye, you know, they'll spend, what is it? 400 something dollars on Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but they won't spend five or 10 bucks and their friend's band is playing, you know, at the Masquerade, mm -hmm. which is a freaking great venue. I love that venue. Um, but yeah, they just, you know, it's, they don't care because they don't know the songs or they have no emotional connection. Sure. And it's, yeah. Yeah, no one, no one seeks out anymore. Like if they're walking yep. by, oh, there's a band playing at a star bar tonight or the masquerade. Let me just, you know, pay five, 10 bucks yep. to go see it. No one really does that anymore. They want to, and that's why you say to making it today as a band or what your band is about is back in the day, like Zeppelin, all them, you know, they just made a record and then went out and played. Yeah. That's, that was the formula. Now it's, you know, going out and playing, but it's so internet focused too. People yep. want to see you online. They want to you know, hear your music, music before they pay for a ticket to go see you. They want to see what you're doing. Yep. It's so online heavy now. Well, and I think it's because of the culture we live in, you know, how it, it doesn't stress moderation. It stretches binging and um, entertainment, like entertainment is everywhere. And music for just whatever it is now is just another form of entertainment, you know, and typically music is like a background thing, you know, because you're doing something else while you're listening to music for the most part, you know, you're driving, you're going to the gym or you're watching Netflix or something that has songs in there. But people don't really just, for the most part, sit down, put on, you know, a CD or an MP3, whatever, and just listen to music. Because they look at that like, oh, I could be doing something else with my hands, you know? Um, so just, it's just a different time. Yeah, and what do what do bands get paid for by, like, Spotify? Like, you put a sign on Spotify, what, what, are, you, what are you raking in? Point zero, 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 negative cents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're nothing, not getting rich off a, a Spotify yeah, song. No. Yeah. It's, and just the way people, and like you said, ingest music these days. And it's not, 
it's not so much about, like you said, um, alluding to, you know, putting on a record and just listening to it. It's now how much can I ingest at one time? I want to listen to this artist. I want to listen to a song from this artist. And, yep. you know, it's just the, the way society consumes yep. music is just completely different. And I think, too, there's there's different kind of the way uh, certain fans interact with music now. Um, so you have like, you know, your mainstream kind of commercial pop type fans. They're all about a song for a season. So like, oh man, that was a song of, you know, my freshman summer. That's what they're about. They don't care who that artist is or what record it was on. They just know that one song um, where most like rock fans, they're heavy on the artist, the album, what year it came out, the tours that were there, the merch that was especially, you know, special for that. Um, but those sort of fans, they don't, for the most part, do the, um, streams, mm. you know, cause they want to own physical things and that's fine, but we're not in that culture anymore. So that's why so many of these rock bands, they're not charting as well because everything is streaming for the most part, you know? So, you know, what I try to tell people is like, listen, if you like a rock band or a rock artist and you're on some kind of streaming thing, stream their music because that's just how the majority of the world's consuming music. And that really helps them you know, get as big as Cardi B. Like, because that's what all her fans are doing is just streaming that one song a billion times, you know? Um, we're like Metallica. If you like them, stream their stuff. I know you probably own their records too, but that's how we continue to tell the world this artist is relevant and this is what, you know, we want to see them on stuff. Um, so it's really helpful for an independent artist. Even though we're not making any money from Spotify, it still just kind of proves social standing, you know, that you're worth something because you have a audience of some kind. You may disagree with this. You may agree with it, alluding back to Rage Against the Machine. I think them coming back is great for rock. I do too. I, like in a, in a, oh, what's the, what's the word? Um, <clears throat> not simplistic, but it, it's just such a great ode to the old days of rock. Because, yep. I mean, if you look at, I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, like top five ba favorite band of all time. Mm -hmm. And I, I love watching their 90s concerts, like, you know, from videos because everyone's so enamored by the music. No one's holding up a cell phone. No one's yep. watching through the lens. You know, everyone's just it, in it, the moment. Yeah. And I love that they're coming back and uh, I wish they would come to Atlanta. The closest we get them, I think is Raleigh, North Carolina, mm -hmm. but I want to see that. that's a, that's a huge bucket list item of mine. You should go. Tickets are expensive, but you should go. Gosh, man, <laughs> on radio, I don't make money. <laughs> I'm not a morning show person. You should try to get them to like maybe sponsor you or something like go up and maybe do an interview. That could be cool. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so have lazy. The, about have, have the radio be like, Hey, I need you to send me up to this show to get maybe backstage so we can do an interview with them. That would be insane. I, I think I would melt. That'd be really cool. <laughs> 2020 is one of the biggest year for concerts. I think yeah. I've ever seen Like one of my other favorite bands, Deftones, they're coming. Yep. Um, I can't wait to see Guns N' Roses for the first time. Saw the Stones before. I don't know how the Stones are still playing. One day, man. One day, one day the devil's just going to show up and yeah. be like, time to go home. Like, I, I, how I are imagine, they still around? <laughs> I imagine they're all just going to die on stage. Yeah. They're all just going to. Eventually. Gonna, they'll just like turn to dust, you know? I think that's the way they all want to go. I think they just all want to <laughs> die on stage. They're going to take some pill on their, on their last song, <laughs> their last uh show of the tour. So I'll take a pill. I'm like, we're out. <laughs> it's like that. Um, what's that stuff that, you know, secret agents have or whatever. Like if they get caught, that's the thing they take. That way they can't. Get oh away. yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what the stones are going to take. All that stuff. <laughs> oh, you need some gum. This the wife. Yes, sir. What's the wife's name? Jessica. 
Jessica. Jessica. Uh, my ex-fiance's name was Jessica. Oof. Uh, sorry. Yes. I'm sure you're a much nicer. I mean, I'm, no, she's, oh, she, she's good. She made the drive with you, so I mean. She did. My other guys, you know, they they couldn't. So yeah, she came. And we've been together for 12 years. Wow. Long time. Man, right? so what does he have to do for you because you made the drive up here? <laughs> Where is he taking you for dinner or what does he have to buy you? Greek food? Yeah, I think we're going to go to Tzatziki's. Dude, I was just about that. to recommend yep. that. That yep. I don't know if you love salmon. Uh, their salmon there is on point. I love Tzatziki's. And then there's another great one, Santoria, San, Santorinia. Mm -hmm. It's like two miles down on uh, Roswell. It's incredible. So do you like that one better or Tzatziki's better? Santorini. 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 Well, that's where you go. It's, uh, it's, it's near oh. Sprouts. Grocery store, like you just go to Roswell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very cool. It's incredible. I uh, my condo's four miles from here, uh, so you could run here if you wanted to. Yes, yeah. I know. Okay, so here, real quick. <laughs> and, and, oh wait, no, it's seven miles from here. Seven miles from here. Sorry, but it's uh, it feels a lot shorter mm -hmm. than that. And uh, so one day my car wouldn't start. I had to get a new battery, so I got it and uh, drove it back. And got, after I got the battery, Ubered to work and was going to Uber back. And I was like, I had my workout clothes with me in my mm -hmm. backpack. And so I walked the seven miles home. You want to talk about like, the greatest workout ever? Yeah. It was awesome. If you have a Fitbit, then you actually, there you go. There you go. Fitbit, yeah. baby. <laughs> I just got, I got this uh, a month ago. My girlfriend's mom picked it up for me and uh, all that. I love it. Yep. You have a Fitbit? I do. Yeah, they're huh? great. Huh. Mine's just the old, like whatever the flex, you huh. know, is. Um, I saw one time, because every once in a while, I go through times where it's like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to be hardcore mm. with, you know, using it. Um, uh, Miss Jessica, you're coming back for 20 questions. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. And then other times I'm like, man, it's just, you can't even get 10,000 steps in. Um, I know, I'm all I about was, the 10,000 steps. I'm all about it. I was looking online and there are some people that get like 100,000 a day. What? And it's not like every day, but they go through and they try to do like one day. So I actually looked at like the game plan they use. They wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and they start walking and they walk all day. Like so, they kind of plan out their whole thing. I'm like, I'm going to go here. I'm not going to pee. I'm not going to eat. You know, she's just like, <laughs> just going. I'm like a hundred thousand steps. You better get a pretty good badge. You know, yeah. on Fitbit for that. I'm really into my sleep scores now. Those are pretty good too. I mean, uh, I have not cracked the nineties yet. Oh yeah. Do yeah. you crack the nineties? No, I don't. Especially cause my cat, um, like last night, I think he woke me up like eight times. So you're a cat man. I have a cat. We have a cat and a dog. I like cats. And a kid. So I, I'm more of a cat guy than a dog guy though. Oh, me too. Yeah, because we Cats have we have a dog because of her. You know, she wanted a dog, and I was like, it was either a kid or a dog a couple years ago. You know, and I was like, yeah. oh. now you're screwed, and you got both. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, we'll get a dog. Um, you know, so we had the dog, and then uh, and then we yeah, we ended up having a kid. So now I have both of them. Um, but yeah, cats are great. I just. I don't know what's about them they're that just I like. Easy. But they're like roommates, yeah. you know, and they're, they kind of like come in and you hang out for a while and then he just goes and does his own yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, they're not like, a, I like dog. I, like, I mean, I've never owned a dog. My girlfriend has a dog that, you know, when she comes and stays with me, mm -hmm. uh, she lives in Lawrenceville, so it's about 30 minutes away. So she'll bring the dog and all that. But yeah, cats are just, because the dog is always wants to be around you. Yeah. Or the cat's like, like you say, I'll chill with you yeah. for a minute, but you know when I get tired or bored, I'm going to leave. Yeah, I got better things to do, so you do you, I'm going to do me. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a, a cat growing up, and yeah, I want to get a cat one day, but I, I live in a, a, a condo building apartment, so uh -huh. uh, I don't want an animal in one of those. Yeah. Uh, it's ninth story. I don't want to oh, take the elevator yeah. up and down all the time. 
So I don't know if we even said it. People that haven't looked at the description for when I put this out, this is Justin Goodson from Days to Come. <laughs> What's up, sup? Sup, sup. Yep. Like I said, man, uh, Ashes is just an incredible song. No, I, I appreciate that. Um, and like we were saying, you know, a little before, um, I guess just as 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 an artist, as a creator, you go through kind of ups and downs. And I don't like to think of it like that because I'm, most part, very positive. You know, I that's just how I'm, how I'm wired. Um, and uh, especially, I think every time you release something, a new song, you know, um, there's moments where you're like super excited for everybody to hear this. And then a day or two, once it's out, then you're like, well, was that a good idea? <laughs> you know, like, how is it? And, you know, obviously the, the, our core fan base are like, yes, love it. Great. And all those are good. And then you get like one negative from some random person that you've never heard of, whatever. And you're just, that that one negative will just you know tank Eat it, at you. and it does. And I'm like, I'm not gonna let it worry about me. I'm, you know, I'm I, I'm confident and whatever. It's it's fine, but uh, but it's still it just kind of gnaws there. And it's like, man, it, it being an artist sometimes sucks like that, mm-hmm. you know, because you when you put something out that you know is maybe a little bit different than the normal mainstream type of thing that other people are doing, because that's you. You know, and a lot of that's my voice. Like, it's like when I first started singing years ago, I could have swore to you I was Chad Kroger from Nickelback. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I love Nickelback when I was like 17, 18. I don't know what it was. Just I think we all did. I, just, I got into him, you yeah. know, and I was like, I'm, I'm Chad. That's my voice. And uh, I just started singing. I remember my parents being like, you sound horrible. You need to stop. Like, that's him. He also sounds horrible, but you cannot do that. And, uh, you know, you go through some different changes as a, as a vocalist trying to find your voice. Um, and now I feel like in some way I, I, I've, I've definitely found kind of who I am and, and what I'm about vocally. And with that, there is that kind of you're exposed. And if some people don't like it, that can be rough, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it is what it is. So I'm, I'm very thankful that you enjoy it. That, I mean, that, I that think, does mean a lot. Of yeah. course, man. Band is fantastic. Um, I think as, a, as, as an artist, as vulnerable as it is, whether you're an actor or musician, radio like me, uh, you're vulnerable all the time. You you put your heart into something. It's like when I I was emceeing for Collective Soul at the Roxy a while back um, when they played there. I and that I, was awesome. Oh, it was great. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I get up on stage and I start, you know, my intro for the band and five seconds into it, this fucking guy in the front row is like, who the hell are you? Where's Southside Steve? Yeah. And our morning guy, and I'm like, there's always that yeah. guy. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, or like someone that wants to shout a heckler. Or yeah. I used to MC at a strip club, uh, the Claremont Lounge. <laughs> I used to MC a concert there once a month, and it was fun. It was a great time, but it was a, a strip club is not a place to MC yeah. a concert because people could give a shit. They less. don't care about you there. Oh, give a shit less. <laughs> And I did this dumb thing where I would, oh, I, I had done it at Smith's Old Bar and it worked perfectly. The crowd got so into it. So I tried it again at the Claremont. I started singing Shout mm-hmm. by the Isley Brothers, you know? Yeah. You know, you make me want it. And then, yep. you know, crowd says Shout. And I do the little bit softer now, a little bit softer now, and a little bit louder now. And this thing did not go well at the mm-hmm. Claremont, right? I mean, the crowd wasn't in it, the band wasn't in it, even though we had talked about it before. And then this guy, Comes over to me, and I'm sorry, you know, to bore you with the story. No, no, no. Uh, no I can see judgmental eyes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, I'm at a strip club. 
And uh, and what is, what's one thing about having a mic? The number one rule, never give up the mic. And so I'm saying this guy comes over to me, like, you know, acting like he wants to be a part of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, here you go. Yeah. And he goes, unplugs the mic, throws it on the stage and goes, shut the fuck up and let him sing. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh oh, I mean, I was torn. I how, how many days did it take you to recover from that? I'm still not over see, that. It's like, and people, other people that don't do anything in this sort of industry, entertainment type stuff, I don't think they understand the amount of mental distress yeah. you can go through by a negative thing like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, dude, things hurt. Words hurt and yeah. actions like that hurt. It's like, I'm just up here trying to do a job, you yeah. know, and you're going to be overtly rude uh, yeah. for no reason, you know? It, yeah, it's... Uh, but it really took me, uh, to answer your question, it probably took me a good month to get over. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, like, because I mean, like the next time I emceed after that was two weeks after it and I was just so... Terrified. Gun shy and... Like, you know, what are they going to say about me? What are they going to think? Yeah. When, I'm on, when I'm on the radio, I can care less. I can't see anybody. can't hear yeah. what they're saying. But, yeah, emceeing is, it took me a while to get over that. And then I emceed for Tesla last night at the Buckhead Theater. Is that pretty cool? Oh, my gosh. One of the best crowds I've ever yeah. had in my life. I mean, it was absolutely insane. But some nights like that are good. Yeah. You know, and I, I think my name's gotten a little more out there than, yeah. I, than it was at that time when I was emceeing at the strip yeah. club. I was still just an overnight guy at the time where now I do seven to midnight. But uh, yeah, and then I went to, how was your Valentine's Day, by the way? Excellent. Yeah, what'd y'all do? So we didn't do anything Valentine's Day Mm. because there's a lot of people doing stuff Valentine's Day. Um, So Saturday, uh, yesterday, um, we went out and had dinner at a Mexican restaurant. Just chips and salsa, man. I I could eat that every day. Oh, yeah. Um, So yeah, it's chips and salsa, some margaritas. And then uh, I took her bowling. Oh, as a no. surprise, because we haven't bowled probably in a year, you know. So she's like, "Oh, where are we going?" And I just, you know, take her to a local place in Albany to go yeah. bowling, and we did that for a while. So that was pretty cool. Oh, so. not not a she's not a big. You got to buy this for. Oh me. Yeah. no, not at all. And actually, it's like, um, I am becoming much more minimalistic, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just through different conversations that we are continuing to have, she's getting more on board with that too. Just because I don't want to be bogged down by stuff, you know, I can't take it with me when I die and it's just going to be in somebody else's trash potentially <laughs> that they've got to take care of, you know? So I would much rather have experiences, mm. um, you know, and, and, and share time with people. Um, not saying that you can't have nothing like you need stuff, but I just don't want an overabundance. And she's, and she's becoming kind of the same way. It's just like, man, I already have this stuff. I just rather do something together, you know, with you. Oh, 100% yeah. agree. That's the way my girlfriend is. And uh, I, I'm definitely, I watched a minimalism documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen it I on have, Netflix. I have, not, I have not seen that There's one, a no. great, min- it's, I think it's called, it starts with minimalism. Yeah. And it's a long title. But yeah, I, I totally bought into it. Yeah. I started decluttering my house and. Yeah. You know. Clutter in your house is like clutter in your mind. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's so much easier if you have less stuff, you can kind of focus more on the people around you and also yourself. Um, going back to your detox, you know, your cleanse is like, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. And the more kind of stuff you have going on mentally and physically and everything, it just, it's harder to focus. So. The, uh, the best part about my sobriety, we'd go out and I, we'd go to dinner. I'd be like, what do you mean the bill's only $25? Yeah, or crazy. Like, <laughs> is this yeah. what it's like without alcohol? Yeah. This is great. Like, you know, any meal becomes affordable when you don't drink. Yep. And alcohol is so expensive when you're like drinking out and about, you mm. know, like you can get drinks at, you know, Publix or Target or something and take it to the house and drink. But yeah, you go out somewhere and like, you know, one beer or one glass of something is like seven to $12. You're like, what? Yeah, we were at Buckhead Theater last night and I got her uh, 
a tall truly can mm-hmm. and me a Bud Light yeah. was twenty three dollars. That's the same way. Like we go down to uh, the House of Blues in Orlando um, a couple times a year, and uh, yeah, drinks are so expensive there. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So y'all drove from Albany. Yep. And that was a three and a half hour drive. You said. Yep. And are you driving back tonight? Yep. Holy shit! I just love you so much. No, I love you, yeah, man. We're gonna be best friends now. No, I uh, I love traveling. We're both military brats. Yeah, you know, so it's just like yeah, being on the road and just going and seeing. It's it's a day trip basically. Yeah. You know, like we both we met overseas, and uh, yeah, everything's a day trip if it's within you know maybe five to six hours. You can go oh there my and come God. back. You know, just go there for lunch, come back. Like, and obviously it doesn't <laughs> happen every day, but it's like it's no big deal. Um. So yeah, it's like, that's what I told her. I was like, Hey, I want to go to Atlanta. You know, I want to do this. You want to come with me? And she's like, Oh, all right, cool. Let's go. Dude, you know? you're even cooler than yeah. I thought you'd be. I knew you were going to be cool. Well, I uh, I follow, we follow each other yeah. online, but I would mean you were going to be bros after this. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, man, we, since we live in the time of the internet and social media, um, there's so many people that put up this false face, you know, this, this kind of picture perfect representation of their identity. And, um, it's not genuine. It's not honest. And, and I look at social media as a tool um, to connect with people, you know, but it's also to be, be honest. Cause it's like, yeah, I've never met you before in person, seen you online, paid attention for a while. So I feel like I know you, if you're being honest online, yeah. that should translate over to real life. And there's a lot, of, there's a lot of people that don't do that. You know, they put up this stuff and then you meet them in real life. You're like, Whoa, you are not at all. Yeah. what I thought you were, um, I feel yeah. like I'm pretty honest. I mean, hey, pretty, pretty I'm, honest. Pr- I'm a pretty straightforward yep. guy. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what my, my online persona is, but. It's great, uh, everybody. Great. It's fantastic. <laughs> Follow me online. Red Eye Rocker on Instagram. Yep. No, um, I, I'm sorry I couldn't come to the show at the Masquerade. That is okay. We uh, we try to play there um, a couple times a year, and I, I'm, I love that venue. And we're not from Atlanta, so we're from Albany, a couple hours away. And uh, we're kind of like right in the middle of, the good places. It really is true. Like <laughs> Albany is a small, I'm not from there. Albany is a small town. And uh, yeah, so we have to either go to Atlanta or go to Florida for the most part. And we spent a good amount of time, uh, you know, in Florida and uh, coming up here. And, and um, Joe Warren, the guy at the Masquerade, the talent buyer. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we came into contact with each other, but this was a couple years ago. And we had the opportunity to open up for Art of Anarchy which Scott Stapp was with them. Yeah. And um, that had to have been maybe three or four years ago. Uh, and we were playing in heaven at the masquerade. So we've probably only been a band maybe for maybe three years or so. And we have an opportunity like that where you're playing a show and people actually care. Like they're there for music, not for you. They're there for the art of anarchy, but they're going to pay attention to you. It's still a life-changing experience. When you have like a real show experience, and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is it. You know, you're backstage in the green room. Somebody shows up. You go on in, you know, five minutes. I was like, what? Like, that's just, it's just weird how that happened. Um, but we've had the opportunity to play all three rooms. So Heaven, Hell, and Purgatory, um, opening up for larger artists than, you know, ourselves. And uh, so I'm sure we'll have another opportunity later in the year when a band comes along that Joe thinks we'll fit with. And he'll say, hey, you guys want to come up? And I'll definitely get you some tickets. You can give some tickets away if you guys do yeah. that too. Yeah, we'll do that. Oh, I want to come see you guys so bad. So it'd be cool. But I'm sure y'all played plenty of shows where it was an empty room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's, where, where the only audience members were the bartenders. Man, we played, uh, there was one time in Alabama I, over Easter weekend, which I didn't realize that. And uh, we literally played for 
a bouncer and the lady behind the bar. Those are the only two people in the room. And uh, those are those are moments that will really prove if you're in it because you love what you're doing and the you know the guys that you're with in the band or if you're only doing it for people to see how great you are, you know, because that's an ego killer, yeah. you know, playing for two people that don't want to be there and <laughs> couldn't care less if you were there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for those opportunities because they do make you stronger. You know, yeah. Uh, when I, when I first started emceeing concerts, when, you know, I became the overnight guy on rock and then started emceeing for local bands that would come on the podcast. Yeah. I didn't see for two people sometimes, yep. but you know, it was just a way to get my name yep. out there. And you know, those are the growing pains. And those are good experiences. Yep. And I think now, and especially like with Tesla last night, that's a mountaintop experience compared to, you know, a basement experience. Yeah. And you're able to really appreciate that. And you're like, man, that's where I was. This is where, you know, I was last night. Those are two completely things, you know, different things um, where uh, maybe if you didn't have those lesser experiences, you wouldn't appreciate that one, you know, as much. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, my my career highlight so far was, what was it, a year and a half or two ago, Bon Jovi played at Phillips oh Arena. Gosh, and I emceed a sold out Phillips Arena. That's crazy. I mean, and they were playing in the round. And I mean, just people, so people all around. Yeah. And I'm just, I was... I had been the overnight guy for a few months and they'd heard about me emceeing some local shows yeah. and our afternoon guy at the time couldn't do it. So they're like, Jackson, you're up. And I get to, they're like, drive over to Phillips Arena. And I, I go backstage and I, I meet Bon Jovi and all of them. And then I go to Live Nation people and they're like, hi, Jackson, you got five minutes. I'm like, oh my God. That's crazy. I was a 28-year-old kid and, and they're like, all right, 30 seconds. And they hand me a wireless mic and they're like, all right, get up there and do your thing. Go get them, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you got to fill uh, two to three minutes on stage. Oh. And I was like, are you kidding me? Two bits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like, and I always say with the band, you have each other to lean on. Yeah. You know, when it was, it was just me on yep. the stage and I, I get up, look around and I do a circle and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is yeah. so many people. I can't and, even count that many people. Yeah. And then I think I just blacked out and just did it. Yeah. That's crazy. And people were, and I like, you know, it was so loud. It was deafening. When did I, you have in-ears at all? Or no. Like, so it was just wedges and, no. oh man. Yeah. I bet that was so loud. Just yeah. hearing what everybody. Yeah. Heard. It was just, it was like a wave. It would like yeah. come in and out. Like, you know, the, the loudness mm -hmm. of it. And uh, yeah, that was fun. That was, that was a good time. But awesome. I always say I don't treat it any differently than when I'm emceeing for a local band. It's just yeah. all about you know, getting the crowd hyped up and, yep. you know. You know, getting everyone's sight to hear hear y'all play. Do you have an opportunity to do that a lot? Go MC like. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been doing as much MCing lately because I mean, doing seven to midnight. You know, I mean, just uh, I'm limited in what I can do during the week, and sometimes mm -hmm. on the weekend, I'm just I'm just tired. Oh, I'm sure, especially yeah. having to walk seven miles. <laughs> 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 oh man, that was that was a fun day. That was fun, but you know, yeah, I I, I do have a lot of you know opportunities to MC. It's just sometimes I got to turn it down just because, yeah. you know, sometimes on the weekends, I just want to do my own thing. Netflix and chill. Netflix yeah. and chill with the lady. Oh my gosh. My, so I live with my brother and he was gone this weekend. So we had the place to ourselves and we never get the place to ourselves. Even yeah. at her place, her roommate's always there. And so it was nice. Nice. It was nice. A little, uh, little freaky deaky. A little Valentine's day. Yeah. A nice time. Yeah. There. I, I, so I had this, I don't know if you know, you're a big musician now, so I don't know if you have this anymore, but so this weekend I was like, all right, we got the place to ourselves. I have nothing really to do except for later Sunday. I was like, money's no problem this weekend. 
And like, That's a nice thought. Money's so, no problem. And so I go, I'm, we're just going to have a baller weekend. And so I was just laying down the plastic everywhere we went. And now that the, the, the cloud of love was over and like, you know, now that I'm seeing clearly, mm-hmm. I am terrified to look at my bank account, what right? What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> you ever have those moments where oh, you're, yeah. you're afraid to look at your bank account? <laughs> oh yeah. There are, there are some weeks that's, that are hard and you're like, you know what? I didn't make that charge. <laughs> <laughs> it's fraud. It's yeah, fraud. It's I didn't fraud. do that. Didn't That's do not that. me. Oh, I so, so I think after you leave, I'm going to, I'm going to bite the bullet and look at my bank account and I totally expect to cry. Well, but so was it worth it though? Oh, 100%. Then that's it then. It doesn't 100%. matter. It's like, man, you only, you only, you're only living once. And no. I know that that's that people take that out of context. But it's like, you really only live, you know, this one time you're going to be here and, uh, have experiences, yeah. you know, good ones. Cause you're making memories, which is, you know, that's all we can hope for until we get Alzheimer's. Like that's it. That's, yeah. that's what we're doing. I, I think we're on the same page. We're both about experiences yeah. more than, um, you know, other stuff. And, but yeah, it was great. Yeah, we went to the used, uh, on Friday. Oh, how was that? Oh, dude, they put on one of the greatest shows. Yeah. I've and heard they, they're incredible. And live. they play like a lot of heavy kind of stuff. Live. Nice. nice. They played it. I was surprised though. They played at terminal West. Wait, I, I don't know if you're familiar. I have, with no, I've never been. Oh, there. it's, uh, it's a much smaller room. Uh, I thought they would have played someone like the tab. So was it pretty like packed in there? Oh yeah, sardines. Was, uh, tons of crowd surfing uh, on stage, and uh, that that was a great concert. So we awesome. did that, and then Tesla last night because I had to MC it. Yeah. And uh, Tesla Singer has one of the best live voices I've he ever does. heard. I, I have never seen him live, but I've seen stuff on YouTube. And it's like, man, that he's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Their guitar player was insane. And then one of the best shows I've been to this year, and they're one of my favorite bands out right now, The Glorious Sons. Mm. They are really good. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So they played at Terminal West <clears throat> and uh, had a great guy from Brooklyn opening for them, Des Rocks. I haven't heard about him. Oh, great showman. Oh. But so they're one of my favorite bands right now, The Glorious Sons, them and Bad Wolves. Bad Wolves are and, awesome. And so we went you know, backstage and hung out with them after the show, and I was oh, so much fun. So we, much um, fun. Um, last year we had the opportunity to go up to Wisconsin and play at Rockfest. Oh wow! And uh, that was really cool. That was a just a wonderful opportunity. You know, that was the first major festival we've ever had the chance of doing. Um, and we play. I'm so good. Yeah, we oh. we actually played on the same well, stage. Fuck me. <laughs> no, y'all go for it. We played on the same stage that Bad Wolves played on, which was serious? pretty cool. Asking oh, wow. Alexandra played the same stage as us, and I was like, because because I mean there I think there's maybe four or five stages at Rockfest, and um, I didn't know. I don't. I don't like to look at the places that we go before we get there, um, like see pictures online or whatever, because I, I just want to go with the, the lowest expectation possible, you know, and assume it's like, all right, cool. So we're going to go play rock fest. We're probably going to play on like some pallets outside of the fence to greet people as they come. Like, (laughs) I'm just sure that's gotta be what's going to happen. Um, and so I was not expecting to play side stage to main stage. You know, we weren't, we weren't on even one of the smaller stages. And they're like, oh yeah, you're going to go on and asking Alexander, like they showed the list. I was like, holy crap. Like that's huge. You know, like that was, that was a great experience um, to be able to be exposed to that many people who had never heard of us before. And uh, yeah, be able to see people like Bad Wolf and Asking Alexander, like they're great bands, you know? Um, Yeah. Super cool. You know, Bad Wolves and the Glorious Sons, um, Godsmack with Under Your Scars. Mm-hmm. A big thing in rock right now is bands are writing songs to raise awareness, uh, yep. With, yep. whether it be suicide, mental health issues, alcohol abuse. You know, that's a big thing in rock mm-hmm. right now. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is just because, um, for the most part, rock seems a little more of an honest genre. 
compared to bubblegum pop, you know, like, mm. yeah, they, they want, we want to, as, as I think rock musicians, uh, you know, or songwriters, they want wait, to talk wait, about. Are you telling things. me Lizzo truth hurts? Isn't a, you know, an honest song about, you know, about the times. No. No, no. She's dating someone from the Minnesota Vikings, new man of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I mean, everybody's dating somebody from the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, that that definitely speaks to me at my level where I'm at. Um, yeah, there's so much of just like this false life that people yeah. live and they sing about it in songs. And it's like, okay, because it's in a major key and it's got nice trap beats, everybody's going to love it. And your five-year-old can sing it where it's like, it's not appropriate at all. And it's yeah. not even good content. Um, we're like, but rock Rock songs, for the most part, they do want to talk about real issues, you know, because they want to impact people and help, um, which is, I think that's one of the reasons I really do like rock, um, because it does seem just more like an honest, real genre, you know, like one of the last ones. I'm sure jazz is still killing it, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I think rock's still doing that. Yeah, I, um, Bad Wolves, they came out with their new album, Nation, a song, Sober, mm -hmm. and it just... It's heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not a heavy. It's like not, lyrically, thematically yeah, yeah. heavy. Yeah. And then if you watch the music video to it and I follow Tommy Vex, their singer who I interviewed mm -hmm. last year, uh, I follow him on Instagram. He's just really inspirational. He's a, he's a real guy, you know, like a, like real, um, he mm -hmm. doesn't seem to put up some kind of fakeness. Do you mind if I have another one? Not at all. Oh. I hope you do. Well, yeah. thank you, sir. As soon as I finish this, I'll join you. Well, you are indeed a gentleman, <laughs> yeah. sir. We are going to be friends. and a scholar. You are going to be my friend now. I'm, there's no way around it. We're already Facebook friends. So. <sighs> First, the hard part's that's done. That's it, man. Once you click confirm and accept, that's it. <laughs> there's no taking it back. <laughs> well, uh, not that you were talking about playing on the same stage with as Bad Wolves and them. You're sitting in the same chair where I interviewed Rick Ocasek from The Cars. Uh, that's incredible. Phil Collin from, and uh, Rick Allen from Def Leppard. I love those bands. Oh. Man, I was raised. You can take that seat with you. If you I I'm, I'm going to take it right, right here. I was raised on 80s yeah. music. I mean, oh my gosh. And it, probably because a lot of it, because we lived overseas. Um, <clears throat> since my dad was in the military, like we just didn't have, I missed out on a lot of uh, music from whatever time that was because the radio wasn't really current on Guam. Um, so yeah, like a lot of listening to The Cars, Wham, Def Leppard, uh, Boston, Kansas. Yeah. Um, White Snake, you know, oh, Van Halen, like just tons of bands like that. Uh, Michael Bolton. You know? yeah. <laughs> you know? I uh, interview. So here I go again. It's probably my favorite song of all time. Mm -hmm. Besides Angry Eyes, Loggins and Messina in 1972. Yeah. But I, I just love Here I Go Again. And so I interviewed That's David. A great track. Oh, yeah. I interviewed David Coverdale last year. Uh, it was a phone interview. But he calls me from his cell phone. And he's like, Jackson, baby, how are you doing? And I'm like, holy shit, it's David Coverdale. And he just kept calling me baby the whole yeah. time. And, um. And then at the end of it, he's like, Jackson, baby, it's been a pleasure talking to you, but I got to go, sweet prince. And so now every time anyone talks to me, I'm like, sweet prince, sweet prince. This David Coverdale said it. I'm your sweet prince. So I, I hope you saved his phone number. I did. There you go. And then yeah. we can just, you could technically text him. Gosh. If you wanted to, you have the ability. I, I have a, I have a story about that. One night, luckily my brother was with me and he's very logical. He's a logical person. I was, we were at a bar. I was hammered. This was, I guess, like a couple months before I did the sobriety thing. Mm -hmm. And here I go again, was playing over in a, in a bar. And I did a video that I was about to, that I, I had not done, I hadn't gone to camera on my phone. I had gone to the text message in David Coverdale and clicked on the <laughs> one that you click on ready to send, yep, you know? Yep. And I had recorded it. 
It was like a four-minute thing, me singing Here I Go Again to David Coverdale and just shit-talking, and I was about to send it, and my brother just comes over there and just grabs my phone, and I was like, I, I thank him every day for yeah. that. <laughs> or maybe David Coverdale would have thought it was funny. He but... Still killing it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But that's the thing about drinking. I, 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 that's what I liked about for three months, not having to apologize yeah. for anything I did or said yeah. while drinking. And my relationship was great during that. Because that's when me and Aisha really got serious was during that three months. So yeah. it's good to be there in the moment the whole time. Yeah. But um, well, does she does she drink with you? Like, is that some is that like an activity you guys did together? Or yeah, I mean, no. we I this is free beer. I mean, yeah. so we'd go to Scofflaw, you know, on a Saturday and have a have a couple there and then go to dinner. But I mean, during my sobriety thing, she uh, she I mean, I would say, hey, if you want a beer when we go out, please have a beer. Don't yeah. feel like you have to do it. But ever since I've done the sobriety, <clears throat> or, or since I went back to drinking, we're much. It's much less. Like we yeah. still enjoy nights where we just drink soda water or something like that. And, yeah. you know, or go do something fun, like going to a movie or going bowling instead of, you know, so much of society is centered around drinking and you realize that. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere and it's in every situation and it's encouraged to, like you said, indulge too much. It's super encouraged, you know, and that's because obviously there's, you know, they're making lots of money doing it. And then. Also, inadvertently, they make more money because you're intoxicated and aren't thinking clearly, so you buy other things. Um, so it definitely, in a business type of mindset, it is good for people to be intoxicated because they spend more money. Um, well, yeah. every every bar's good business uh, idea is bring hot women in so the drunk guys come in and, you know, rack up those bar tabs, yep. buying drinks. That's exactly drinks. what it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's, the, it's the best and simple bar formula yep. if you're a bar owner. Yep. more hot girls you bring in, the more business you're going to have. Which is so, it's so, it's so primitive, you know, how it's like people operate, but it yeah. works. Like that's just how people are wired. Um, and not saying there's, there's nothing wrong with drinking, you know, like moderation, but, uh, yeah, it is kind of crazy how much our culture does push that, yeah. you know, and then the, the whole like, you know, age limits and things. And like, I mean, like over in Europe, you know, the age limit is not 21. Um, and that's just another kind of crazy well now yeah. didn't didn't smoking age go up unfortunately yeah. to 21 yeah and yeah. not that i smoke i i don't say that unfortunately like but i i i don't agree with that you know like i i if you can join the military you should be able to drink and smoke oh 100 like, you're joining at 18 but you can't do that until you're 21 it's like that's just that's you're, you're dumb, saying someone has to wait 21 till 21 years old to have a cigarette but and i i think i I know I was, maybe you were too. I wasn't mature enough to drive at 16, I don't think. No, like, not at I all. Mean, it's like, crazy. I mean, the, the your brain's not really fully developed till you're 25. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like if you're going to have a limit on something and say when somebody's an adult, make it 25. Mm -hmm. Why is 16 a magic age to get behind a vehicle that can demolish things? Yeah. You know, but then 21 is a magic age. It's like, eh, you know what? I think you're responsible <laughs> enough to handle your alcohol, son. <laughs> And uh, you want to take in some nicotine, you know, feel free to indulge. Like, At 16, we'll give you the power to kill anybody you yeah. want on the road, but you got to wait five more years to have yeah. a cigarette. <laughs> That's yeah. just and, too much. And if you want to join the military, defend your country, you're 18. That seems like a good thing. It's so <laughs> but you dumb. got three more years so you can have a beer yeah. if you come back alive. Exactly. Yeah. It's so crazy. Um, yeah. I'm, I, a, I'm a libertarian, so I don't. Oh, I'm 100% uh, libertarian kind of thing. Like, um, yeah. it's. I just don't, I don't see the point of it. Like. You know, if so, if I owned a bar, I mean, I don't know, maybe bar owners do this, but if a guy comes in and I know he's in the military, I'm giving that dude a beer. Yeah. yeah. And I remember my dad, um, you know, he would go through and say uh, years ago, back when he was, uh, I don't remember how old he was, 
doesn't matter for the story. But I remember him saying that like whoever his commanding officer was um, on certain bases, that commanding officer allowed 19 or 20 year olds to drink on base because it was like, this is such a dumb rule. You know, you guys are taking care of the country over here. But if you go off base, you can't buy a beer. No. You know, that's what, if that's what you want, man, go for it. You're not as long as you're not hurting anybody else. You're not driving. You're in your dorm. Yeah. So. What uh, What did your dad do in the military? He was a radio man for 14 years. Um, and then he got picked up on an officer's program and became a nurse. So, wow. and then he, he actually retired with 30 years then. That's amazing. So, yeah, we had the opportunity to travel all around. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I was homeschooled for a good chunk of uh, my life. And um, just because moving and going to different schools and that's, that's a mess, you know. Yeah, um, yeah experiencing other cultures other than the United States um, definitely uh, probably shaped a lot of kind of how I see things and do things. Because you realize that, you know, uh, there's not only just kind of one way, you know, the America way to do things. Like there's ways to do things in Spain or Greece or the UK and Australia, and they all kind of do their own thing. Um, I've never been outside the country. You should go. I know, I know. Yeah. How many different places would you say you've lived? I we lived in um, uh, we lived in Guam, which is a tiny little island, right? Uh, I think it's south of Japan or uh, east of Japan, um, like like a speck, just a shouldn't even be there. That's how small it is. Like you could, I think it's seven miles wide and however many miles long. It's not. You can drive around the whole thing in an hour and a half. Like it's tiny. Um, I spent a good chunk of my childhood there, and then we lived in Spain for a couple of years when I was a teenager. Otherwise, it was like Florida, Missouri, California, um, Georgia, and uh, yeah. But but being over over uh, over in Spain, um, we were able to travel to all kinds of countries because travel over there is super cheap. Yeah, you know, like once you're there, you can get a plane ticket for like thirty bucks as long as you have a backpack. Go, you know, or hop on a train. Like I saw an Eagles concert in Madrid. Um, with this, so this is a funny story. I'm like probably 16 years old, um, living on base and there's some, I think he was maybe a school bus driver at the, on the school base or whatever. And, uh, he had to have been in his seventies. I don't see why my parents even let me go. Cause I did not know this guy. And they were like, Hey man, do you want to go, uh, you go see the Eagles? I know you play, you know, you and your brother don't you smile. No, no. It was <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, you know, do you, I know you play music and stuff. Do you want to go see the Eagles? And, uh, I was like, sure, man, I'll ask my parents, you know, because you want to take a train with some 70-year-old man and go to Madrid, city I've never been in, to go see the Eagles. And, uh, and my parents were like, sure, man, it's a freaking Eagle, so go see him. Um, so, yeah, I hopped on this train with this 70-year-old guy. I remember we slept in, you know, a, a little hotel room, um, and uh, the beds were probably like two inches apart, you know, like it was just a tiny little room. And I remember this, his name is Stanley. I remember him saying like, man, you touch me in the middle of the night. I'm not taking you back to Rhoda. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're freaking me out. Like, I'm a, I'm a kid, you know. Um, but, yeah, I saw the Eagles. Phenomenal. Yeah, I saw them at uh, Phillips Reno last year. Mm -hmm. And my brother. Uh, was Vince Gill with him now? Is that is he yeah. touring with him? Yeah. No. Wait, Vince Gill. Yeah. I think yeah, it's Vince, yeah. 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 And uh, my brother, to this day, is so pissed at me. Because we didn't stay for the last song in the encore that was Desperado. Oof. What a great song, too. I mean, it's a great song, but, yeah. I mean. And I am not a big, huge venue fan. Like, unless I'm in the front row. Uh, and this is not like a diva thing. I'm just saying. I like to be involved. I want to feel yeah. involved in a concert. Like, Well, and when you're at, like, an amphitheater like that, 
you're just a speck. Yeah. You know, like there's so many people there. Um, I'm sure it's totally different being an artist that performs at that level. That's probably a completely different experience than a club, you know, or, or even a smaller venue, like, you know, which at that point would be the tabernacle, you know, which is still huge. Yeah. That would be a small venue compared to an arena. Um, I don't really see how that could be like the most enjoyable experience as an artist. Cause you're very probably unattached from the crowd because it's so big. You know? like we, we saw a queen with Adam Lambert at uh, state farm. I love Adam. We actually <clears throat> went to the same show that was in August, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were there. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. We were, we were up we were top. way up there. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like I'm just like, I'm sitting in my seat and I'm like, all right, they're, there's, they're all the way down there, yep. you know, and I just, I couldn't enjoy it the way I wanted to. What did you feel about, um, Brian May's planetary it was guitar, interesting. 25 minute, you know, extravaganza It's Brian May. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sit there and watch yeah. it. <laughs> it was, it was cool. It was a good yeah. show. I just really would have loved to have been down there in the, in right. the trenches. Yeah. It would have been cool. Especially the way it was set up to like a, um, kind of like it looked like an old theater mm -hmm. up the front. I'm sure being in those like box seats. Cool. I respect the hell out of Adam Lambert the way he honors Freddie Mercury. Like he knows his place in the band. He's not trying to take over as the front man. I mean, he is the front man for Queen now, obviously, and he does a great job. But he always makes sure the crowd knows that he's not Freddie Mercury. And yeah, he seems to be incredibly respectful of that legacy and honoring that because he. It, I think he just approaches it like I'm just a voice or a vessel for the audience to come experience something that they love that I was not a part of. Mm -hmm. He seems to be really respectful with that. And yeah. he is a phenomenal vocalist. I, Oh, he's incredible. I love Adam Lambert, yeah. like his voice and everything. Um, yeah, he does a great job with queen. And then, uh, smaller bands, but still big bands. I, I love the way like William Duvall does with Alice in Chains. Mm -hmm. I love the way Jeff Goot does with Stone Temple Pilots. You know, they, they're, they're the front men of the band, but you know, they don't make it a, about them yeah. they make it about the band yep. which is great i mean I, i'm sure there would be that tendency to want to make it about them because mm -hmm. in there what and kind of i could see in their brain you know they're like man you guys are continuing because you needed a vocalist here i am you know so let's kind of make this a little more about me so yeah when they don't do that and they're they're very respectful of you know honoring i think that says a lot about them as you know their character and everything so what is uh, Days to Come working on right now? Well, currently a podcast. <laughs> We're currently involved in this little podcast. No, this is this is this is a great podcast. Um, we uh, we are exploring our sound. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like I know what I'm about vocally with, with melodies, and okay, I'm I'm firing on all cylinders. Like I I like that. I like what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, we're exploring what can make our music unique, you mm -hmm. know? And because Brandon, our guitar player, he's like very much into prog. You know, he loves um, Tesseract, Periphery, Animals as Leaders, Pliny, which he just came up and saw that show at the Masquerade. I think it was Thursday. Um, you know, so he's big into that. And, and we're trying to figure out how we can kind of incorporate some of those elements that he enjoys into what we do um, just to continue to chase, chase our sound, chase who we are. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like Ashes has the, uh, the second verse, um, is it's in an odd time signature. So for him, he was like, Oh yes, you know, I mm -hmm. did that. Um, so that, that made him happy. Um, which I want to play Ashes going into this interview. Actually. Yeah. That'd be right, awesome. Cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're just exploring our, our sound, you know, and, uh, we've got some shows coming up. We're, we're, um, 
um, going on a run with Silvertongue. I think they're based out of Maryland. They're a great band. We met them last year up in uh, Michigan. Um, we're going on a run with them. End of this month, we're going on another run with Ventress, which they're based out of uh, Baton Rouge, I believe. And then um, we're actually going to go with Ventress to Texas in June for like 14 days. So that's going to be really cool because, you know, like I have family in Texas, but we've never played in Texas before. So. What's the biggest thing to accomplish in 2020? Hopefully still being around. <laughs> <laughs> um, connecting with more people. It's like we, uh, you know, especially over this past year, we actually, I feel like we've actually made, <clears throat> we've brought value to people and those people have resonated well with that. So now it's just continuing to dive into what exactly that is, you know, and continuing to strengthen those relationships and build more with the same type of person, you know, which is whoever that is, that's our fan, that's our audience. Um, you know, instead of trying to just waste our music on ears of people that could care less, you know, because they just don't like whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, just connecting with more people, um, becoming more established with who we are, what we're about, and why we matter. Because if we can't answer why we matter, then why should we expect somebody else to care about that? I think that's the hardest thing to answer as an artist, your brand. What's your brand? What 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 are you going to be about? Like, yep. you know, they asked me that when I started here, like, what what it's going to make you different? And I go, I'm, to use a word that you hate, I'm the, I'm the local guy, like, you know, yep. or the independent guy here. Yep. Like, I want to put the spotlight on it. And that's what I discovered is my niche, and yep. you found yours as a vocalist. It is, and it is. It's all niche-based, you know, um, which, is, which is kind of seems counterproductive. Like, you would think that, I want to take this great big net and throw it over as many people as possible. And the more ears I have, potentially the more fans I'm going to make. But that does not work. You know, it's, it's all about knowing exactly who you're supposed to reach. Um, and that way, whenever they do hear you, they almost have no choice but to like you because you've done enough research to know, I know you like this. You know, I know you like Star Wars. I know you do, you know, whatever it is, it's, we're going to connect. And uh, yeah, so it's just continuing to kind of whittle down the excess to go, that's, that's, that's our person. That's who would love us and, um, continue to chase, chase that sound, chase that vibe. Um, yeah. So, but we've got, we've got more music we're going to release. Um, we're, we're going to release an EP soon and, uh, we've actually been writing, um, for later in the year. We've got some collaborations coming up, which would be pretty cool. We've, we've not had the opportunity to do that before. Um, we're going to be working with a, a vocalist that, uh, screams. Ooh. which could be pretty cool because <sighs> I don't scream. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that would be really cool to have yeah. like, you know, so people are going to hear, you know, a song by us and it's heavier. And then all of a sudden, you know, rah, 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 and be like, holy, what is this? Like, yeah. When did Justin do that? It's like, nope, not me. You know, <laughs> he's going to do the verses and then I'll come and sing choruses. And I think that's going to be really, really cool. Um, but yeah. So play shows and connect with more people. Release Best show you've ever played. Hmm. It probably was the one with Art of Anarchy, just because that was the first, like, legit show, real show. You know, that wasn't one we drove eight hours to play for two people. You know, in some basement somewhere. <clears throat> um, that was that was a that was a mountaintop experience. You know, where I will always look back on and go, that was wonderful. You know, just a great opportunity. Um, but then, yeah, playing Rockfest too. That was, you're up there and, you know, you've got all the 
the roadies and tech guys and you see the other bands and you see all the people and you're like, this is happening, you know, and we, we got to go now. Like, and it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, probably, uh, probably one of Art of Anarchy just because that was the first time that we, I felt like we played and everybody was <coughs> on the same page, you know? So like go to a chorus, I start waving my hand and everybody waves their hand. And I was like, golly, like we're, we're, this is the, we're all sharing this moment together. Nobody's on their phone. I mean, unless they're doing video, but nobody's on their phone. Nobody was checked out, yeah. you know? And, uh, those shows have actually happened more recently. Like we're at the masquerade, you know, so we open up for Smounty soul or, um, Lacey Strum and, uh, their audience seemed to resonate very well with us. And, uh, yeah, you know, you get to a course and you start doing, you know, a little wave and other people do that. I look over at Brandon and Jalen. I'm like, you guys, you guys seeing this? Like, <laughs> what's happening? You know? And then they wave. This and is what like, we play for. This is it. We're sharing. And it was like, yeah, that was just crazy. You know? And it's like those moments, those are special, you know? And, and having one of those moments will instantly, you know, make you forget about the 15 or 20 times where something bad happened, you know? Didn't have batteries blew a tire, you know, whatever happened. Um, yeah. Have you ever blown a tire? Oh yeah, absolutely. We, I, I, we, I can't tell you how many tires we've blown. Um, how many tires we've blown. And, uh, one time we were in Mississippi, we actually stopped at a gas station cause we were probably like maybe 20 minutes from the venue. Um, and we were a couple hours early. So we stopped at a gas station and we parked in the back. It was like a truck type gas station. So we parked in the back with the semi so we wouldn't make you know, anybody's way just so we can kind of rest for a while. And, uh, we went to turn the van on and it would not start, you know, and me with all of my automotive experience, I'm like, well, I think it's broke. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, the, um, um, the fuel pump had gone out on it and we actually were stranded there for three days. (coughs) So we did not make the show. Um, we were, yeah, we were stranded there for three days and, uh, we're just living in living in swimsuits, eating, you know, gas station food, and uh, sleeping under the parked semis. Because this had to have been like, you know, June or July. Like it was hundred degrees outside, oh, so gosh. hot. Um, that was a wonderful experience. Because again, I'm all about experiences, and I was like, this is it's a fun one. Like it's something we're gonna look back on and be like, that was great. You know, like it it could have it it wasn't like super fun in the moment, but it was a good bonding time. And uh, I know a lot of bands or artists that literally would have given up after that. You know, they would have been like, man, forget this. I could be at home playing Halo. Like, why would I subject myself to this, you know? Um, yeah, it was, it was a great time. So We've had a lot of uh, vehicle problems. I think we've, we've got like a 92 or 93 um, conversion van. Yeah. And it is just constantly dying. So, so what do you do other than music? Uh, I take ice baths. In cold showers. Uh, music is your income? No, no, not yet. And it, no, it's not. Um, I, uh, I actually service uh, portable fire extinguishers. So I'm certified by the state of Georgia to travel around and check them. So uh, what, what was the job title again? Like portable fire extinguishers. Oh, wow. So those red things that are hanging on the wall yeah. that nobody cares about, <laughs> that is what I check to make sure, yep, in the case of a fire, it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, how'd you, how'd you do that? Get into that. I, uh, I've been working, um, I've actually been working for the same company now for 10 years. 
well, this year will be 10 years. And it's like something of my life, you know, like it's crazy. Um, cause I've got my bachelor's degree and I'm doing, you know, this job that does not require higher education, you know, in that level, like I had to get certified and everything, but it doesn't require that. Um, but, uh, I absolutely love my boss. Yeah. He is one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life, you know, and just like everything about him is a plus, like not, not a bad thing on the man. Um, and, uh, he's incredibly flexible with me and the band, you know, so it's, it provides for a family and it's, you know, I, I have weekends off. I work, you know, eight to five, um, you know, not really overtime, like, you know, on call or anything like that. So it's very flexible with traveling and playing shows. Um, but yeah, I, I just, that's something we've talked about, you know, it's like, you know, how much longer would we stay in Albany? You know, do we want to move somewhere else? Um, and, uh, obviously we're still in Albany because of the band because Brandon and Jalen are there. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we're, what we're doing. But, um, but I do, I, I do enjoy working there. Um, and I love, I love my boss. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the rock scene like in Albany? Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> it's hopping, baby. It is hopping. It's crazy. The greatest scene of all time. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> it, and for whoever in Albany is listening to this, I apologize. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not. Um, we're surrounded by uh, hip hop country rap artists um, and they're killing it. You know, they, they do really well. I'm not knocking, you know, fans of the genre, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the, uh, there's a couple bands, you know, in Albany or a couple artists, you know, they're, they're doing, you know, the rock genre and, and doing it, but um, not many. It's not a, it's not a massive scene. You know, but then again, it's it's not it's not in Atlanta. You know, it's not in Orlando. It's not that big of a place. Um, and it did breed us, you know, because I was able to meet the guys there, and they're kind of from there, or they moved there. Um, so I'm thankful that we, uh, you know, ended up there. So yeah. So how close are y'all to Florida? We're two hours north of Tallahassee. Okay. So yeah, it's pretty close. Um, and we actually are we have a a good fan base in Florida. And for whatever reason, they seem very receptive to rock music, you know, and they just, they love bands like that. So, uh, any, any time we can go to Florida, we, uh, we do because it's always a fun time. Well, I know Tallahassee has a big active rock, uh, mm -hmm. band base there. Big, uh, big want for it. I know a couple of people that work for an active rock station in Tallahassee and yeah, it's big. Yeah. It's huge. But Albany, you're kind of, like you said, you're right there in the middle of the good stuff. We are. And that's where it's like, you know, maybe 20 years ago, um, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing because you can only drive, um, you know, and it, you would have to go to a bigger city so you could have larger opportunities. But, uh, I mean, now I was like, I'm, I'm here now, you know, and we met on the internet. Yeah. So it's like, that's just how the new game is. So, and I've told the guys before, like I've lived a lot of different places and I've basically learned that everywhere is kind of like everywhere, you know, there's good, there's bad, you know, it, it is what you make of it ultimately. Um, but because we live in the age of the internet, man, you can connect with anybody. You know, we have people that love us in Alabama or Texas or Wisconsin. I haven't met them in real life. Or maybe they've only come to a show when we were there, you know, one time. Um, but you stay in touch on the Internet. So I don't think, you know, at our level, we don't need to go to New York or Austin or L.A. to, you know, continue to climb because there's still plenty of growth we can accomplish in Little Albany. 
Little old Albany, Georgia. Yeah. Well, this podcast is downloaded in 36 countries, and I'm like, nice. someone, someone fly me out to one of these places if you're a fan. Put me up somewhere. Yeah, they should. Yeah, if you're a real fan and you listen. If they're a real fan. That's if they're a true real, test. Fucking, if. fucking real fans. <laughs> fucking bastards. I love that the podcast is not uh, controlled by the FCC. Isn't it great? Or else I'd be in trouble. Man, I love listening to podcasts. Um, it's so cool now how, like, long-form conversation and discussion mm-hmm. is appreciated. You know, it's not just sound bites of like, eh, go talk for 15 minutes. It's like, no, go an hour and a half, two hours, you know, actually learn about somebody and do that. So, and podcasts are great for that. <clears throat> so who has the kid while y'all are here? Uh, my parents do. Ah, so the parents live in Albany. They do. Yeah. So my, my dad retired cause there's a base there. I'm Leaving information out here. Sorry. Yeah. yeah there's <laughs> a Mar- Oh, he's just wandering the streets. You know, he's a man, basically three years old. Left him at the house, you oh, know, yeah. had some beer in the fridge for him. <laughs> yeah. There's a dog there. You know, he's taking care of him. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, my parents, they, uh, uh, they're watching him. Um, they're super supportive. I, I, I am very thankful for my parents, you know, because, uh, the older I'm getting and now that I'm a parent, you know, I, I I do realize how much I put them through, you know, as a, as a young guy and, uh, karma's going to bite you. Yeah. It makes me want to apologize more and be there more and just say, Hey, I know I suck, but I appreciate you. You know, let me, uh, let me get you dinner. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Supportive parents. That's my parents are very supportive of me. Of course, every man in my family, besides me and my brother, have been doctors. Uh, and then he's uh, he owns a financial consulting firm. And they're like, oh, that's great. You're not going to be a doctor, but you're still going to make money. That, that's fantastic. And then I'm like, Jackson, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I think I want to go into radio. And jaws on the floor. Crickets. And, and crickets. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, what do you like about the radio? Of course, I started out as a sports broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I did uh, college football and baseball play-by-play for five years. That was yeah. fun. It's a good time. So how'd you, get, how'd you get into doing rock radio? Oh, I um, I finished up college at Georgia State, and I had to do an internship class as like my final thing, and so I started interning here for the sports station at the time, wanting to get on there, and then just long story short, uh, they offered me a job with the country station here, Kicks One Hundred One Five, or now New Country One Hundred One Five, as a promotions person on the street. Even though I had had five uh, years experience as a sports broadcaster in smaller markets like Athens, Georgia, doing uh-huh. UGA stuff. And I, I started from the bottom here, you know, the guy on the street handing out tickets, doing a promotion, setting up the tents, and then <clears throat> started, became a professional voiceover actor here doing commercials. And my claim to fame was I did, I voiced, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I voiced <laughs> the last ever, uh, Dos Equis most interesting man in the world commercial. That's awesome. Yeah. That ran all over the country. That's awesome. It was fun. But then I wanted, I was like, you know, I think I want to do music now. And uh, I had been making demos for the country station, which I'm, I like country fine, but I yeah. didn't want to be a jock on there. I was just making demos for it. And then they had an opening for weekends on Rock 100.5. And so I made a couple demos, sent it to them, started doing weekends, got overnights a couple months later, and then just did that. And, you know, until they offered me seven to midnight. Yeah. Well, that's a very long story shirt. That's short. The, that's like a uh, that's a that's the American dream right there. Yeah, Pull yourself dream. up by your bootstraps, you know. <laughs> I was the guy giving out tickets on the side of the road, and now I'm doing this. So, yeah, it's fun business, man. I I think we're all we're all crazy to get into the entertainment business. I mean, you know, it's it's just you definitely cra- have to want it because yeah. it seems like everywhere around you, for the most part, everybody's waiting for you to fail. 
Yeah. You know, because they're like, you know what? If you if you belong here, then you'll be here. And I'm not about to help you be here because you got to want it. You know, yeah. they're just always waiting for you to kind of fall away, you know. And then all the all of us that are artists are in the entertainment business. We all I have buddies that, you know, are in the corporate world. Like, hey, man, let's go to Colorado for a, a ski trip this weekend. I was yeah. like, I got the fucking money to go to a ski exactly. trip in Colorado. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, man, we uh, I have a friend of mine who uh, I've known probably since I was 16, 17. He's an engineer now. And uh, he actually got married on a cruise ship. So he invited us to go out. This had to have been a couple of years ago. So we went out to the crew on a cruise, you know, with him and uh, he got married and everything. Um, but yeah, he goes, you know, and does these crazy trips and does all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, can't afford that. Have fun. <laughs> have fun. Think of me while you're <laughs> yeah, you there. Know, like, that would be a great, that would be great to do. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I've, yeah, just as an artist, you choose a different path, you know, and it is a path that is, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And that sounds so dumb to say, but it is true. Like, yeah. and there's a lot of people now that think they can do it, which is why we have however many thousands of Spotify uploads a day. They think they can, but like when it actually comes time to put in work or face serious amounts of rejection, that's when they give up, yeah. you know? And it's like, well, if you, if you don't finish with us, then you kind of never were to begin with, you know, that right. kind of a mentality. Um, so, uh, yeah, I applaud you for doing this, you know, and taking this kind of road because it is hard and, and it seems like there's not a lot of support, especially with family of doctors. Like that would be really hard to say, hey, I want to do this. Why? Because it's going to make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, is happiness enough? Well, I don't know. You tell me. Like, <laughs> I think so. And they're very supportive now <laughs> that, you know, I've, I've established a little bit. But yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they're always supportive, but, you know, they thought I was just going to do this for a couple of years and then as a fun thing and then move on. But yeah, as whether you're a musician or me, you know, you get addicted to it. Yeah. You get, like you said, you got addicted to when, you know, you were waving your hands and the crowds would do it too. Yep. I get addicted to when I go on stage and now that people know my name, they're like, oh, there's Jackson. Or when I just psyching a crowd up for the band, like just in general. I mean, you did it for Bon Jovi. So that's something <clears throat> you can like hang on the wall. Like I did that, you know, that's crazy. That was the longest three minutes of my life. I'm sure. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it was just like, I get up there and I keep talking. I look at my watch and I go, shit, it's only been 45 seconds. How do you do this, John? <laughs> it's like, it was because it was just me and it was just, I didn't have anybody to lean on or, you know, like sometimes at the station, like me and Axel, our afternoon guy, you know, we'll sometimes MC together. So we have someone to bounce off of. And, mm -hmm. but when it's just me, it's just like, <sighs> but you know, yeah. it's, it's fine. I, I do it nonetheless. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Are I'm you ready? It. Are you, do you need a beer refresher? No, I'm good. I'm oh. so good. Yeah. Uh -huh. Sorry. You're looking at me like I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I had two beers, you know? No. <laughs> this is my damn podcast. I didn't drink for three months. I deserve a beer. Oh, you do. Yeah. I'm glad I'm here to share that with you. <laughs> <laughs> I miss, I miss waking up refreshed every day though. So bad. All right. 20 questions. 20 questions. We might go more than 20. Okay. It's rapid fire. So like, don't think about them. Just, just blurt. Yeah. <laughs> whatever comes to All mind. Right. What existing band other than days to come would you want to be part of? Any band. Oh my gosh. Oh man. I suck at these questions. Man, you, I, yeah, yeah, I you are rapid think, fire. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Huh. It's okay. Good thing I can edit. Yeah, you, know? you can edit this out and make me seem like I was fast. <laughs> this guy answered like 0. 0.5 Whoa! seconds. It's crazy. Um, I I uh, I I love Alter Bridge. 
but you know, Miles is, is, I wouldn't want to take his job. Um, but he, he's, he's pretty cool. Okay. All right, we'll do, do one. Um, wow. I really led that up and I still failed. Um, like an old band, it would be cool to do a, like, um, um, clever boy. That'd be cool. No. I don't think they're doing anything now, you know, no. but it's like, yeah, it's kind of just, you know, bring them back. Um, and, uh, yeah, that'd be cool to do stuff with them. What band success do you admire most? Oof. Um, nothing more. Really? Yeah. Oh. They seem, they, they have worked incredibly hard for a very long time. And I mean, they're definitely, um, they are reaping the benefits of all that hard work that was kind of behind the scenes when nobody cared, you know, and they, they were just putting in work over and over and over. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're accomplishing great things on a very big scale. All right. Toughest song for days to come to write. Mm, probably Essex, which is a song that was off our first EP, <coughs> which is basically a glorified demo. Um, my, uh, my grandma had died and my wife and I were traveling to Missouri for a funeral. And while we were there or while we were driving there, um, she was reading me in the heart of the sea, which is a book. And uh, that book became a movie. Um, it was basically about some sailors that were on ship, the Essex, and it was attacked by a whale. Long story short, they had to eat each other. It was pretty crazy. But it actually, like, it real, really happened. And uh, I kind of had the little guitar part, um, the verse part for it, and all of a sudden I, these lyrics and melodies kind of came to me like, what if I was a sailor and had to do that and whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of putting all that together with the other guys, that was that was a challenge. Um it's a shame because, you know, most people will never hear that song because it was so old and long ago. But I, I, I really, that, I like that one. So, that was a great yeah. answer. Yeah. Man. Cool. Man. Cool. You're deep. Yeah. You're deep. <clears throat> Favorite late night spot in Atlanta? Hmm. <clears throat> um, probably the Masquerade because I haven't actually spent a lot of time in Atlanta. But not, every time. Not venue, like favorite like place you've gone to eat or Oof. drink. Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers, yeah. Oh, man. I... I I love, I love Mark Wahlberg. I do too. I'm not sure why, other than the fact that he's beautiful. But it, <laughs> I don't know. He just seems like a great dude. Like he seems like a, you could kind of hang out with him. And and somehow we found out that he like, you know, had Wahlburgers because I hadn't heard of it before. And now anytime we go somewhere like where there's one, I'm like, we gotta go. There. We gotta support my boy. You know? It's delicious. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And they also have because we went out to Boston last year, which I guess is that's kind of where they're from in that area. Yeah, he's from there. And uh, I did not know that you can put alcohol in a milkshake. You never had that before? I had not ever had that. Changed your life, didn't it? It did. I was like, <laughs> what have I been doing not having this? How have I lived my life so far? <laughs> it was crazy. And apparently they have them at all the Wahlburgers. Yeah. So I was like, that's a, man, we should just make that like a normal thing. <laughs> People should be having this. That's great. People should be making this at home all yeah, the time. Yeah. Uh, best uh, venue with the best crowd here in Atlanta? The Masquerade. Yeah, of course. That I've played, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite place in Albany? To eat. Uh, eat, yeah. Eat or eat. drink, sorry. Um, Probably Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that is it. That is a no, huge dish no, on no. every mom and pop no. in <laughs> Albany, Georgia. No, there's a um, there's a place called Los Vaqueros, um, which is a, it's a mom and pop um, Mexican restaurant there. And uh, it is phenomenal. Their salsa is like homemade and yeah, it's, it's great. I agree with you on that. I could eat. Chips and salsa every day. It's and it's it doesn't seem like it can be that bad for you. I mean, the salt is high, but the salsa is basically tomatoes, which but the, is basically but it's the healthy. chips that's doing it. No. It's yeah, yeah. Mm. But just have like a lot of salsa, so it's like a lot of a good thing. It's healthy for you, and like a, you know, just a small chip. 
you know. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but it seems like it would be okay. <laughs> it's like how I rationalize uh, ice cream in my mind. There's protein in it. Yeah, there's yeah. some. Yeah. You got like whey protein or dairy, you know. That yeah. kind of thing. I'm lactose intolerant though, so every time I drink a milkshake, I'm like, fuck me. You know, I don't know if I'm lactose intolerant. I haven't, I haven't had milk in a while, um, but I don't really care for dairy <clears throat> products like that, so I might be. I feel, I feel you. Like it just, it's, it's, it's not really a great thing afterwards. Favorite band of all time? Alter Bridge, yeah. Mm, really? Favorite song of all time? Oh, yeah, okay. That makes that's, sense. That's I didn't see that. Um, favorite song of all time was probably Highway to the Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. I love that. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm kidding. That's a great song, though. That's it's a like great top song. Ten. Um, but uh, I, I actually really like um, Everything She Wants by George Michael. I'm a big George Michael fan. Wow, I was not expecting that. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Respect. George Michael fan. Respect. <laughs> this guy's got different sides to him. My gosh. All right. Uh, if you could learn only one magical spell, but it could only do something very mundane and boring, what would it be? doesn't have to be boring, but mundane. I always say I wish I could turn on the, or change the TV channel with my mind. Mm. So to give you an example of the answer. Probably, uh, like, if I could turn lights on and off, that would be cool. Because, I mean, think about how much time you waste turning it on and off over the course of your life. If everywhere you walked in, whenever you thought the light should be on or off and you didn't have to do anything, you could just think about it, you're really saving a lot of time. But they have the clapper. Oh, so that that's. I guess that's that's a that is a very dumb request that I would have. <laughs> we have the technology for this. <laughs> why why are you wasting your yeah. one your one wish on oh, something that already God. exists? <laughs> All you gotta do is go, and it's done. Mm. Um, Man, maybe a uh, never uh, given you three wishes. No, in a yeah, bottle, I can't. A genie I, bottle. I can't have wishes. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, the air conditioner then. Which I mean, you could do that on your phone now too. You can just turn it on and off. Yeah. I don't know. Can't turn on the TV with your mind. No. AI. Just, AI it's, fucks it's, everything. It's really doing it. Like it's. I'm giving great wishes now, and AI is like, we already got that. <laughs> don't worry, we already took care of that for you. Thanks, man. Are you worried you're gonna get the coronavirus? <laughs> no, I don't drink Corona. <laughs> Dude, there were actually people that were searching Google. I've, I read a study or a, a thing that said when I was doing some show prep. People were Googling, can you get the coronavirus from drinking I'm beer? sure they were. And it was like, man, if I'm going to get the coronavirus, you might as well make it Lyme disease too. Because I'm not having a corona without a Lyme. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, oh, that was so cool. No, I, I, yeah, I don't think I'll get it. No, and I don't think I get it because I have a very healthy immune system. Well, which I know shit I'm, on the rest of no, us. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying that. But it's a great segue because- I've been taking cold showers for almost a year and those have like completely built up my immune system to where I do not have to take allergy medicine anymore. And I had to take allergy medicine like every day my whole life. Justin, you and I are a very similar person. I take cold showers too. Freaking give me a high five. High five, brother. Golly. My girlfriend hates it. She always yeah, gets she out hates of, it too. She gets out of the shower before I go cold. Cause I mean, yeah. I'll start off like lukewarm for mm -hmm. like, you know, when it's both of us, but I'm like, babe, it's time for the cold. Yeah. And I go, I don't want you to see the shrivel. Time, time to get healthy. Let's go. <laughs> so why do you take cold showers? Or when did you start? I started two years ago. I mean, I I, I don't say I take them every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's like 29 degrees outside, you know. That is a very hard thing to do. I mean, I still do sometimes, <laughs> but I, I started doing it about, about a year and a half or two ago, I'd say. And yeah, it just completely, like, 
skin is healthier. Yep. You feel better. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I love everything about it. It changed my life, you know, and, and meeting people that do that is great because there's not very many. No. Um, yeah. Somehow I stumbled upon Wim Hof. Have you ever heard any of mm. his stuff? He is the guy that's like, he is the, uh, you know, the prophet of the cold. Like he, he's crazy. He, um, he's done so many like feats of the human body, like, uh, swimming, you know, the Arctic circle, uh, running a marathon, you know, climbing Mount Everest and nothing but shorts. Like he's testing the ability, like being, uh, submerged in ice up to his neck for like two hours. Like crazy. What's this guy's name? Wim Hof. He's Dutch. He's got to be in his fifties. Um, How do you spell it? W I M H O F. Okay. Yeah. Or the ice man. That's what he goes by. I got Cause he's been doing this stuff probably since maybe the late seventies, early eighties. And, uh, Crazy. So somehow, just magically on YouTube, I stumbled on one of his videos and I was like, holy crap, what is this? And then you get lost in it for days. And uh, there's just so many, he's done so many TED Talk type things and everything. And uh, so I started taking cold showers, which sucks. You know, just like if you've never done them before, they suck. I mean, it, you and never they still really kind of suck. Yeah, yeah they you still never really suck. 100% get used to it. Um, but I went through and bought like a uh, <clears throat> 150 gallon cow feeding trough and I have that like on our back porch and I fill water up and put ice in there and I do ice baths often. Um, and, uh, yeah, cause it's just changed my life. I, yeah. I absolutely love them. Like, I mean, every time I get out of the shower after a cold, after a real, <laughs> I mean, how cold are you talking? I mean, as cold as it can be in Albany, the coldest I've ever done in my ice bath. Cause I actually have like a little thermometer <clears throat> was uh, like 43 degrees Wow. in my ice bath. Now there's, it's probably not that cold in the shower cause you know, it's just whatever. No, I mean, like in the shower, you go on like a little cold. Oh, no, no, all, all the way. Yeah, all me the too. Way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I, I, I try to take them, I, or I do take them every day, um, but I try not to use any heat. Like, it's just like, I know mentally it's good for me because it improves discipline and going through something that is a sucky situation because your body's just like, every time, well, are you are you dumb? Why why are you doing this again? We did this yesterday, same result, not going to be fun. What's happening? And, uh, yeah, but I know I, I know it's good for me. So I'm yeah. like, shut up, brain. We're doing this. So I get in there and I'm like, woo. And at the end, you feel great, you know, because it does. It just, it improves everything. Like, I got used to it on my front side. I never get used to it when Ooh. it hits my back. You do the front, and you're like, all right, here we go. Oh. And then it's like every time it's the same. <laughs> it's the same cringe yep. every time. It's the same feeling the first time the cold hits your upper back. Yep. It is fucking painful, yep. but it's so worth it when you get out. Well, and I think it's like, there. that's that's kind of a uh, an analogy for life. It's where I think if you subject yourself to something that's slightly difficult, <clears throat> the benefits will outweigh it if you survive. Well, all right. You know, in a cold shower, when you're done, you feel great, but you had to go through that. You and I, next time we do a podcast together, we're going to rip off Kevin Hart, cold as balls, and we're going to do an ice bath podcast. Let's freaking do it. Yeah. Yes. I'll bring some mobile podcast equipment. I would love it. And we'll just sit in an ice bath and do a podcast. I would love that. That would be funny shit. Has that, I guarantee you that does not happen very often. No. Like, I can't think, other than Kevin Hart, like, I can't think of people that just... We're going to have a conversation in While a podcast we are, form yeah. in ice baths. That would, could potentially go viral. Like, that's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Especially I mean, if we have abs. I don't. So do you have abs? Uh, I you used can, to. I uh, hope you carry that. When I was 23, I did because <laughs> I was I was working out a shit ton, and now I sit in front of a microphone all day. We'll just CGI them on or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the Photoshop can do incredible <laughs> things. 
I'm really working on that right now. Um, I found out after 30, uh, and hopefully, are you, are you still okay right now with the podcast? Are you, you me? You're not worried about the time length right now, are you? Dude, I'm as long as you want to go. I uh, after 30, I, I started waking up every morning. I was like, why does this hurt? Why does yeah. this hurt? Like, holy shit! So now, everyone's told me that is in their 30s or like you know older people I know, the 30s are where you set yourself up for the rest of your life. So how you treat your body in your 30s is how you're going to feel in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s. Yeah. And that's the groundwork. Because in your 20s, it's just all fun. It's just like, you know, that's that. But when You're basically you get, a rubber band, elastic. Yeah. You know? you know, party all night, get three hours of sleep, wake yep. up drinking Gatorade, and bam, yep. take a shit and shower and you're good. <laughs> <clears throat> and now, like, we, me and Aisha, we went hard Friday night. Like, we went to the used concert. You're still recovering. Yes. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> And so we went to Northside Tavern after that. And if you've never been to Northside Tavern on the West Side, mm -hmm. go. They have the best jazz and blues bands live. Oh, I would love that. This guy named Stony Brooks played uh, Friday night, and it was just heavy harmonica. There was the saxophone. I mean, it was incredible. That seems like that's the best way to experience jazz and the blues mm -hmm. is live oh, in yeah. some kind of, you know, smaller type of a Some hole-in-the-wall kind of With just place, some yeah. guy that's just bleeding it out. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's real music. Oh, dude, you, if it. you go to Northside Tavern on a Friday <laughs> or Saturday night, uh, and I would love to go with you. Yeah. And, it, and you, after uh, or before <clears throat> our ice bath, well, yeah. earlier, we'll do the ice bath <laughs> and then we'll go. <laughs> I mean, you, it'd be your favorite place in Atlanta. I'd to, love that. To go watch music because you're right. There's nothing like, like I love rock music. I love a live rock show. But when you go to like a small venue and see like a really good jazzy blues yep. band, yep. there's nothing like that. Or even maybe like a, like a piano bar, yeah. you know, where they're doing like jazz and it's like, man, yeah, it's crazy. It's just like, great drinking music, yep. easy chilling. And, yep. you know, he was all like, you know, doing the whole like 50s kind of uh, uh, jazzy Big stuff. Big band type yeah. Of sound, yeah. You know, talking to the crowd, like talking to the ladies, like, yeah. you know, saying how beautiful everyone looked. It was yeah. great. It was so much fun. But we... Ooh, we got, we got hammered and I, I woke up Saturday and I was just like, I hadn't had a hangover and because since I've been drinking, right. I'd have like maybe two in a night, maybe three if it was like a Saturday, but I hadn't gotten hard. So that was my first hangover since early September yeah. and it was, it was rough. Back with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> what childish thing do you still enjoy? What, what? What childish thing do you still enjoy? Oof. I haven't climbed trees in a long time, but I remember like being hardcore about climbing trees. Yeah. Like, I, especially like living on an island, like whoop, you just, you're a monkey all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, I haven't done that in a while, but I know like as my little boy gets older, I hope that as I lay the foundation for my health in my thirties, that I have a flexible enough body to climb trees with him to show him like, yeah, this is what you do, you know? Um, uh, probably eating bologna though. Bologna sandwiches. That's a childish thing. I freaking love fried bologna sandwiches. Oh nothing gosh. like it. Put a little mustard on it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's 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 the bee's knees right there. Oh, bologna man. sandwich. My childish thing. I will. I will smash a box of apple jacks. I haven't had apple jacks. It had to. It's it, probably twenty years. Like that sounds horrible yeah. to say, but it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so old. But yeah, apple jacks or like even what was it? Yeah, Captain Crunch. Uh, apple jacks. Um, Cocoa Krispies, Cocoa Fruit Krispies, Loops, Fruit Loops, Cinnamon um, Toast Crunch. Uh, um, what's the Leprechaun? Oh, Lucky, Lucky Charms. Charms. Um, like all those cereals. I don't know if they came out. They didn't come out in the '90s, but it seemed like everything was very colorful in the '90s. Yeah. Like all those things were just like 
great, <clears throat> super high sugary. We're going to give your kids ADHD. So in 15 years, we can give them pills. No, <laughs> whatever. For breakfast, they're going to have chocolate milk. They're going to have Pop-Tarts yeah. with a side of toaster strudels and a, yep. a bowl of Apple Hot, Jacks yeah. for dessert. Hot pockets. Yeah. <laughs> but that was it growing up. Like I remember when I was a kid, yeah, like I go to my friend's house. Like My house was... Healthy eating, like yep. we'd be lucky to have a bowl of ice cream on a Saturday night if we were lucky. Breakfast yeah. was for cereal. We had Crispix, you know, I remember those. and I mean it was all health. So when I go to my friends' houses in high school or middle school, it'd be like having cornbread and milk for breakfast yeah. or pop tarts, and I'm like, what is life right now? <laughs> and when I went to college, that's why I gained like 25 pounds my freshman year. I was like, you mean I can eat this shit whenever I want? That is. That is, I think that's when you become an adult. It's like, I remember telling my parents that one day I was, I was driving to work. I'd been on my own for a while and I called my mom up. I was like, you know what? I just want to let you know that I got some chocolate milk today, like from a gas station. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I felt like this was like a moment of <clears throat> clarity in my adult life that I didn't have to ask anybody. I could just get what I wanted when I wanted it. I was like, if I want some chocolate milk, I can do that. Where I remember as a kid, no, 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 can't do that. You know, you, you got to ask and not eat healthy or not eat crap foods and stuff. But yeah, it's, you gain weight whenever that veil is lifted and you're like, I'm going to have pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And nobody can tell me otherwise. <laughs> when I was in college, when I was in Athens, I had a mini fridge next to my uh, bed in my first apartment. This was my first time living That's out horrible. of the house. A mini fridge right next to your bed. Right next <laughs> to the bed. Don't even have man. to get out of bed. I just kept, open it up. <laughs> in the, on top of the fridge, I kept Apple Jacks. In the fridge, I kept beer, milk, and uh, uh, turkey and cheese. And sa- there was a loaf of bread on the fridge, yeah. too. So I would have a beer and make a sandwich before I got out of bed. Yeah. It was that's, the life. That's the high life. It was that's great. The American dream right there. Kids don't have that anymore. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't appreciate the little things nah, like everybody's that. Everybody's trying to be vegan now and do yoga and be as healthy as they can, live their best life. Where it's like, you know what? Your best life really is a bowl of Apple Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> now, and like, this was, I guess, 2008 where, you know, I mean, we had technology, but it wasn't as big and wasn't as used as it is now, or it wasn't as uh, fast mm-hmm. as it is now. And so, like, yeah, they, they don't appreciate the little things. They're all, they're on their screens all the time, as opposed to having the damn mini fridge next to their bed. Yeah, yeah. That was living. It's like, you know, real quality, tangible things. And it's like, we would much rather live a fake life, yeah. you know, seeing fake people do fake things. Yeah. And then also seek their <clears throat> praise. You See, know, give me your likes. Give me your comments. It's like, dude, those people don't even care about you. Yeah. Why, why, why do you why, and, if you disappear tomorrow, they'd move on to something else. Exactly. I remember listening to a podcast where some very smart scientist guy was talking about how, um, you know, it used to be we would look outside of our window to see our neighbor, and that's how we would gauge where we're at in life, you know? What kind of car does he have? What kind of house does he have? What's his wife look like? How, many, how do his kids act? That kind of thing. Where now the dangers of our society is we don't look outside of our window. We look on our phones and we're seeing people that are living lives very detached from our way of life, you know, however we live individually. And, uh, we compare ourselves to these people like Taylor Swift or like whoever. And you're like, and then you feel like crap about your own life, you know, where you're like, man, I just got a Ford Fiat, you know, or I only work, you know, at Seven Eleven or, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, but you're freaking killing it. You know, you're living in a great time, 2020 and, uh, you got a roof over your head. You have actual friends and Taylor Swift, she's doing her own thing, you know, leave, let her do her and you do you. Um, that's really dangerous. It's like, man, yeah, technology is, it's such a wonderful thing, but it's also 
a big negative, which is probably why depression is as high as it is. Because it's made you want a life that you, that you can't have right now. Yeah. yeah. And maybe not necessarily have never. Right. But it's also one of those things where it's like, you know what? That life <clears throat> might not be the best for you. You know, like you might not, you might not want to do the things that she or he had to do to get there because it's not enjoyable for you. And then also you would really wouldn't enjoy that. You know, you would much rather go fish, you know, or go hunt or whatever it is you want to do where maybe, you know, Taylor Swift doesn't like to do those things. So yeah, we just compare ourselves too much to other people instead of just being happy and thankful for what we have, you know? I grew up on the lake, so I, I, uh, I loved fishing as a kid. It was the greatest time. It's fun. So, sometimes I just sleep on the dock, and, you know, <clears throat> or take the boat out with my friends and go uh, have a bonfire on one of the islands on the lake. Aren't bonfires the best? Oh, they're the best. Like, they really are, especially after, like, a day of festivities, you know, and then you're just hanging out, having a fire, maybe, like, a little chilly outside, you know, light jacket weather and a fire. Yeah, that's good, my high school- good conversations. In, in high school, me and my buddies, we, I mean, I'm from a very small town in North Georgia, Blairsville. Probably never heard of it. Um, it's in the mountains of North Georgia, very small. So in high school, me and my buddies, we, uh, we found this plot of land way outside of town, like 25 minutes outside of town that was undeveloped. No one had any ownership over it. So we found it. We named it the Ponderosa, and we found an old camper that we, we hauled over and it was right by the river. So we'd have bonfires there and parties all the time. It was just our little spot. I don't even know if you could do that now. No, hell no, you like, could that. But that sounds like just a perfect, I mean, <laughs> it could be potentially dangerous. <laughs> but it, it got dangerous like a, a few times. It sounds like a perfect time, like for young guys to just like be out in nature, hang out with each other, you know, and, and do that kind of stuff. Where now I don't, yeah, we, we couldn't do that. Because one, everything is kind of policed and owned and, you know, you can't just throw a random RV on some random plot of land and yeah. somebody's going to go, hey, what's that over there? You know? <laughs> uh, it wouldn't happen anymore. We, um, we couldn't afford ice at the gas station sometimes after we already bought the beer. Yeah. So we'd keep our beer cold by uh, huddling it all and stringing the beer in the river. That's a good idea. Uh, Resourceful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I grew, we grew up hunting and fishing, so we used to yeah. run like trot lines all the time. And so we like we knew how to stream beer <laughs> and we'd have parties in the winter and get the beer cold, put it in the river, grab one as you need. I have actually never been hunting just because we've never, we never lived anywhere where we could do that oh, until man, we moved it. here. And um, yeah, I just never been hunting before. So it's great. I've heard it's fun. I've oh, heard so a lot of people fun. really enjoy it. We um, always ate what we killed though. Yes. You know, which I mean, yeah, I, I, I was, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I haven't hunted, so it's hard to have an opinion on it. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't think it's a good thing to just go out and just shoot for fun, you know, and be like, ah, yep, you're gone. Be seeing you, you know, like that. That <laughs> doesn't seem like a good thing. Um, but yeah, if you're shooting something and eating it, huh. you know, using it wisely, then this, this is the kind of town I'm from. In high school, I was on the golf team and the shotgun team. <laughs> <laughs> My aim is impeccable. <laughs> <laughs> we used to just go out to a, a farm in Blairsville. No instructor would go with us. We'd just take our guns and shoot skeet and drink beer and smoke cigarettes and dip and all that. And, and that was a school, right? That's, that's what you're doing. This is a class. <laughs> yeah, it was a class. I mean, it was a team. We, we competed in competitions. But our instructor, I think the dude was drunk most of the time. And so he wouldn't go out with us. So we would just take the school bus. To a farm and shoot skeet. It's like, hey, if you can drink, or I mean, if you can shoot slightly intoxicated, <laughs> then when you go out and do this at a, you know, 
what do you uh, a match? Yeah. Then uh, you'll shoot perfectly. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unencumbered by uh, alcohol. We hated competitions. We couldn't drink there. That was yeah. our edge. <laughs> no. No. Oh man, this was fun. I appreciate this. This was an hour and fifty minutes. Nice. Did it feel like an hour and fifty minutes? Oh, oh. It's pretty good, dude. You're I'm, awesome. I'm freaking stoked about the ice baths. Dude, we're gonna do this. We really, really should. Like, if I got to bring up my tub. No, next time I'm coming to Albany. Golly, we'll freaking have tubs and we'll do it. Oh my, that would just be pretty cool. Like next time we're gonna go to. I'm coming down to Albany. I'm crashing your place because I'm not it. driving no, three. No, I'm it. not driving seven hours no. in one day. I've I'm got sorry. a guest bedroom. We'll yeah. have some hot pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you have some Apple Jacks for breakfast. Hey, pantry better be stacked with Apple yep. Jacks. <laughs> stacked. That and or some, I'm not that, coming back. That and some Cool Ranch Doritos, man. I ain't coming. Oh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, my God. I always, I don't know what it is about every time I drink, but I got to have some Cool Ranch Doritos. How are Doritos so good? What is in them that literally makes you just want more? I think it's just a tiny bit of crack in them. <laughs> like, just enough, yeah. not to like mess you up or anything. Just like such a little hint that you're like yeah. addicted to Yeah, them. you're like, you know what? I need this for life. This makes me happy. Nothing makes me happier than going to the gas station sometimes and getting like, whether it's a beer or a, a soda or something, and a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. Now, uh, my guitar player actually showed me, probably maybe two years ago, um, which I'd never done before, but having Doritos and dipping them in cheese. What the fuck? Yeah. I remember we were playing some gigs in Florida, some acoustic gigs, and uh, he's like, oh man, yeah, we got to get... You know, some Doritos and cheese. I was like, what? Doritos who, and cheese. Who does that? And it was like the kind of like the Frito type of, uh, you know, the cheese. Literally, it's right next. Like if you go, next time you go to the gas station, you'll see all the chips and Doritos and you'll see like little things of cheese. Like it's got, you know, little, however big they are, inch or two, like dip sized cans of cheese. And uh, yeah, we had that. Changed my life. I was like, this is incredible. Why have, uh, how, how have there not been commercials packaging <laughs> this together? What a wasted marketing opportunity. What, what kind of cheese? It's just like whatever kind of Frito type. Frito-Lay of, Yeah, Frito-Lay type cheese. That you buy at the grocery store? Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, get some, get some Doritos, get some of that, party food. You'll go to town. I can't believe it. You're right. I never had it. Why has this not been commercialized on Doritos before? I don't know. Before? Yeah, he, he, and he was like, oh yeah, I grew up eating this. I was like. That's that's wild. I've never met anybody that ever ate, you know, dipped Doritos in anything. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. To end this, you know what I'm really excited about? Mm-hmm. So we had J-Lo and Shakira this year for the Super Bowl halftime show. People wrote in about, like, ah, disgusting. My kid watched this. Whatever. You know who next year one of the considerations is right now? Who? Foo. That would be pretty awesome. I think that would be great for rock. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. So and it's, it's crazy because talking to some people, um, just how rock is on the decline, you know, of commercial big time mainstream selling out arenas like if that's your definition of who's doing what um and it is hard to see like what artist within the past what artist who's come out within the past 10 years is selling out arenas you know in the rock world i don't know you know like i don't know what kind of bands are doing that you have a lot of these legacy acts you know like metallica the foo fighters um and they're doing incredibly well but uh yeah there's not really any sort of newer acts that are doing it like iron maiden is still freaking just killing killing it it, you know and they're bringing these other bands along with them which is great but you don't really see for whatever reason it seems like a lot of rock fans they just don't they're not really open to newer artists they like what they like and it's hard to convince them that they need to like something else you know which is which is one of the reasons why a lot of these bands have been able to hang on for 40 years the stones (laughs) 
how is that possible? You know? Um, People that have heard uh, Give Me Shelter a thousand yeah. times over, they're still like, every time they hear it live, they're like, yes, yep. give it to me. Yeah, it's like, uh, and then what's the uh, the band John Mayer's playing with now? Uh, Dead and Company. Dead and Company, you know? They're still just out there doing it. And their fan base is like huge, you know, super dedicated. Um, we just need to figure out how to get those fans turned on to just a newer generation of rock. And what we really have right now is a bunch of different subgenres of rock and a bunch of different sounds. There's no one like sound to define this decade right now or yeah. this time. Yeah. Like 70s, you had prog rock and mm -hmm. your arena rock later in the 70s. 80s, you had hair metal. 90s, you had grunge. Uh, early 2000s. Nickelback. <laughs> early 2000s was a lot of new, new metal. New metal, yeah. new metal. And then uh, now it's just a bunch of different types of sounds. Whether yep. you hear bands like the Glorious Sons or Bad Wolves or this Mongolian rock band, The Who. The Who, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be here in May. I can't wait to go. They're incredible. Life. Yeah. Jalen, our drummer, went up and saw them. I think they were playing here a couple <clears> months ago or somewhere up North Georgia. And uh, he said they were just like the best. Yeah. So good live. Yeah, but there's just so much different stuff. It's. And I think that's what rock has the problem with right now is the identity of what's the sound right now. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. And it's, I don't, how do you go through and define a sound of a generation and say, hey guys, this is what we're doing. <laughs> you need to do this. You know, like grunge, like everybody was kind of on board with that. Um, I don't really know how you would do that now. But going back full circle, I think the problem with it is and why it's like that is the internet and the oversaturation of it right now. Yeah is because there's so much different sounds that anyone could put out on any given day yep. that it's hard to have that, you know, what's the defining moment right now? I think right now, is it, and speaking as music as a whole, it's all top 40. It's pop. It's, yeah. you know, that. But for rock specifically, it's just the oversaturation of different sounds. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, <clears throat> hip-hop and rap. Like, that seems to be much more prevalent than it was years ago. A lot more mainstream, like with Post Malone, you know, introducing artists like that. Like how he introduced Ozzy. That's crazy. How he would bring him. <laughs> Ozzy like, maybe sang yeah. for 15 seconds it's like, on that. dude, this guy has had a super long, successful career. And there's so many people that, you know, can't believe Post would, you know, have a new artist like this on his songs. Like, guys, do some digging, you know? Freaking insulting the uh, Prince of Darkness here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love. Um, I mean, Black Sabbath is one of my favorite bands of all time. And they were they were huge. <laughs> I mean, they're still huge, but they were very influential in that. Um yeah, I don't know how you would go through and, and, and fix that because there's so many bands that sound very different, which is a great thing. Um, and, and scenes, kind of like going back to the grunge era, you know, based out of Seattle, it's like a ton of bands and a sound exploded from that area and it swept the entire country. Where now, because the internet, it's like there's not really one epicenter of like, this is going to change the course of what we're doing. Because everybody's kind of doing their own thing, you know. Um, I don't know. And it's one of those things where we can either complain about it and say, you know, it should be like the good old days, you know. Or just say, you know what, this is how it is. We need to figure out how to ride this wave. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You and I are going to be friends. Oh, I hope so. I, this was awesome. I hope so. Yeah, I, I appreciate this. This is a fantastic podcast. Did you have fun? I did. Absolutely. Justin Goodson, Days to Come. Make sure you check out their new single, Ashes. It is incredible. Well, actually, if you've been listening, you've already listened to it. You heard it going into the podcast. Justin, thank you so much for being a part of my crazy world. Uh, you got to do one thing for me next time you come on this podcast, though. Hmm. 
You got to wear something tight, baby. Something tight. You got to wear something tight. I Now, tight as in like it looks cool or tight as in it's restricting like blood flow. Because tight typically, means what you want it to mean, baby. Okay, well, I would hope it means tight like restricting blood flow. Because typically when we're playing shows, we wear jeggings. <laughs> jeggings? <laughs> we do, yeah. 